Hello and welcome to Elite Cadre, the Hordes War Machine podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm Mike. Confused. Wait, nobody interrupted you. I know, it's brilliant. <laughs> okay, I'm Kurt. And I'm Reinhardt. No, I wish I was Reinhardt. I really <laughs> do. You wish you were that awesome. A hundred percent German engineering. Sorry. Sorry. You, you just feel like you're not giving it the full bench. I mean, I, I, I'm lying down bench. right now. I don't, I don't want the full bench. Don't. I, 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 don't, I don't want to know what state of lying down or undress you're in, Benj. It's, you it's can't handle the full bench. What? You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's a Simpsons joke. That, that, no. that's, run. That's, that's enough Everyone. to end this podcast's run, I'm afraid. Good night, for Castle. <laughs> Goodbye. We're uh, out. Okay. Yeah, I, I should point out that uh, we are recording on the seventh of September, um, and um, once we pass midnight, this podcast will be five years old. Wow. I, I, I'm starting to wonder: does that beat out boosted damage in terms of lo- uh, longevity? I'm counting, doesn't it? it number of episodes. <laughs> not the number of episodes. I, they did pretty... more episodes, didn't they? Yes, they did. They went over a hundred. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I think I was on the hundred. Well, we were on the hundredth episode. Um, um, I, but, um, I'm pretty sure that we've uh, we've beaten Dragonstorm. Yeah, yes. who remembers that? Oh, yes, that was, actually, was on one of those as well. That that was the uh, the inspiration. Well, one of the inspirations for this show. Was Maybe. it? Um, yeah, it was. God, how? Yeah, I don't know how long Booster Damage ran for. Um, obviously, Conrad must listen to this because how could he live without <laughs> listening to it? So surely he, he can come back and tell us. Uh. Actually, it's funny that we're talking about old podcasts because I was listening to Muse quite a bit before. Um, I love the this... fact that you categorise that as an old podcast. That's yeah, they've done. They've churned out a shit ton of episodes in their mouth. That old though? Uh, yeah, it feels like that when you've been listening to Josh What's His Face for so long. That guy, oh, he really brought the. Can, 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 we, not, can we not have the personal comments, Bench? Please, please, please. I'm begging. Uh, please. Uh, fine. Okay. Oh uh, no. Uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, boosted damage lasted from 2009 to uh, their last episode, which was 2013. Oh, wow! Yeah, we we are now officially old. Longer running. They in fact lasted just over four years. Do Alpha Strikes still make episodes? Do they actually? Okay. Um, I, 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 I kind of lost track of Alpha Strike once I very. They started not this long is getting after very much us. into sort of the, the, the guts of podcasting. Uh, I lost track of them once I had a purge of my podcasts because it got to the point where I had about three million unlistened War Machine podcasts. I just went through, deleted every single podcast on my device, and went right. I could, I'm only signing up to the ones that I'm actively listening to right now, um, which means that there are still podcasts I haven't listened to from that period and i'm still working off a weird variation of the muse on minis feed rather than the full one because that was part of the problem because when you have 43 podcasts all coming through the same pipe um and you had stuff like the road to wrong mm. if anyone remembers that that yeah. that, that, was, that was that was my weekly excuse to get angry at people while podcasting <laughs> okay uh, I only listen to Crippled System and Lost Aspect, really, nowadays. They're the most entertaining out of the, the faux War Machine ones, as in they talk about War Machine for about 20 minutes in a segment and the rest of it's just bollocks like us. I, I do have yeah. to say, I have no idea what Lost, ba- Lost Aspect is. It's, no, um, I don't either. It's an uh, all-female um, 
War Machine podcast, uh, a okay. lot of the a lot of the co-hosts of uh, you know Brian Nathan, and I think even um, oh, who is it now? Um, I've just had a massive mind blow. But it's all their respective partners and other War Machine female players. Giving oh, their okay. So yeah, Crippled System Lost Aspect. Okay. Yeah, it's about yeah because they used Lost Aspect for a dummy episode that they did, and then. They, and then they took that over uh, as they started doing a few girl cows. They called it Lost Aspects in the end. But it's quite an interesting, different sort of take on the war machine community in America. So mm, Interesting. interesting. Yeah, I'll give it a listen. They're three episodes in and going quite quite well. So I wonder, yeah. I wonder how that will get misconstrued at some point. <laughs> Everything I say will be misconstrued. I'm not to. No, okay, that's fine. Uh, it just happened fairly frequently in this podcast. Oh, I've seen the Black Thirteenth, by the way. They, they, they actually, they, the proportions look all right, apart from Ryan's head is bigger than her body, which is a bit weird. They are. Uh, I would say this is going off topic, but there isn't really one, so yeah, let's let's roll with it. Um, there has been a noticeable trend by Privateer in the last. Uh, when was the Troll redesign? Can you remember? It's when the plastic uh, battle box came out. It's, it's been two years. Would you say, Kurt? Yeah. About that, yeah. There's been a noticeable trend in the last two years for Proteo Press to switch from what was originally much more of a 28mm true scale to edging ever closer to 32mm heroic. I, I contest that a little bit. It always was heroic. Since the start, it was heroic. Look at, look at the original Vlad. True. In, re- in regards to stuff like the shoulder pads, certainly. Mm. Uh, but heroic as a scale usually more refers to the uh, the hands and the heads yeah um, but i think well, i think it, yeah. that's what drew me to it in the first place is that it was more heroic i, I like the um yeah especially hordes more than war yeah. machine so original oh, hordes that, the original uh, like i said I'm, I'm getting into technical terms there um mm. because yes the figures can look heroic but when you're referring to heroic and true scale, no, no, i mean i know f- what you mean and i'm, yeah. and I'm that they were um they were more um more in the Roman style, Roman style, in the sense not Roman, the Roman style of um of art. So if you go and look at, suppose the Greek, you go look at a Roman style of art, and it is heroic, it's overdone. You think the Greek Greek artwork, and then you go look at Roman, and you go, oh my word, um, that's what drew me Make to it. it. But yeah, see, I, I, yeah. I, I look at those early figures, and I see them much more as closer to being human as we've gone on. We've gone. I think, for, I think the original yeah. War Machine stuff definitely was. So the original trenches. Yeah figures were maybe maybe it's just trolls were different so maybe it's just because i was drawn to trolls and trolls are naturally aren't human so maybe you're right there's a, there's a bit of a twist of yeah. we are getting we we are getting closer to different things now i mean back in the day you've got you had your more realistic uh trenches and things like that but you also had the sword knights that were heavily influenced yeah. by uh world of warcraft you could tell that they're just like the paladin world of warcraft uh, or yeah. or uh, warcraft 2 uh, humans, but you, then you've what, also got. I'd say you've got dates a little bit blurry there, but we'll, we'll yeah, sorry, yeah. Too, totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, then on top of that, you've got now stuff that's more like the raging heroes kind of stuff, which is that heroic esque, you know, really flamboyant models that are more fantasy driven than based in reality. Again, yeah, I, I was going to say, again, we're getting that confusion between a heroic model and yeah, a, heroic, sorry. a heroic scale. Yeah. I, I, I totally get what you mean. And yes, I think, 
you're quite right. We're moving to um, a a more. Um, I don't I see. This, this is a problem. There's really there's, there's no clear word for saying. You can say, oh, it's a more fantastical approach. Well, is it becoming more fantasy? Well, no, it's still steampunky. But yeah, I, I kind of get you saying. It's I don't. I don't know what you mean. You mean yeah. It's proportions bigger, are big, bigger, broader brushstrokes in characters at the same time as we're getting the bigger heads mm. and hands, um, which is an interesting development. Uh, development and also, in the case of the newer models, is making them a lot easier to paint. Um, yeah, um, Behemoth. Is it? Is it? Yeah, Behemoth yeah. is now feeling like a... that is a model with an awful um... lot of detail and bits, and yeah, you know, just uh, you would struggle. To do that, I think without digital sculpting. I think his um, yeah, the rock, the um, the circle caster, or was it support caster? He did with the lot, the the, the rocks floating around him. Oh, uh, Bradigan. Oh, that that was a rust as well, and that um, yeah, I'm pretty certain it was. And that was that would never have been a physical sculpt. I don't think I think I was did talk to him a bit about, and he was quite impressed with the transition from his digital sculpt to seeing the, seeing the final version of it. I don't know if it was one of his first, but he was quite astounded about how the process the other and i think that would be very challenging to sculpt not the model itself but the, the extra yeah. rocks and extra kind of other bits and pieces around him i think um what, 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 you, what you can actually do um just to, to cut you up bench sorry that's all right um but what you can actually do uh with 3d sculpting is there is an element where you can sculpt something first of all that doesn't or can't physically exist because there is no support for it and then work backwards from there. Whereas it's there's also, also detail levels as well, isn't there? Yes. Oh, well, thinking yeah. about Spartan, for example, with digital sculpts. Spartan did all their um, dystopian war stuff in in full in um, CG in um, design, and they um, yeah. there are steps in the middle of the ship that you could never sculpt if you sculpted it in one piece or even sculpted in two pieces. There are little steps that you could never sculpt that come out through digital design. Yeah. The little details that are just impossible to even conceive of. I, I will actually say, re regardless of the game one, I mean, I, I did want to love that game. I, I, yeah, I did too. I do deeply love um, their design department. Um, those sculpts for the dystopian warships are phenomenal. Mm, I love them. Um, and and so, so easy to paint as well. They are, mm. I mean, I had uh, the Empire of the Blazing Sun, um, which are all sort of very train-based but just the, the way everything was uh, laid out and defined made it so easy to just you know, put some base coats on it, run a wash over it, and without doing anything else, you had already a gorgeous-looking model. I was like, what more do I need to do with this? And then you had uh, the Mecha Squid that they did as well, which was, yeah. again, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I cannot speak highly enough of their design for what is... Um, a, a very small company. Yeah, they're very local to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I do keep getting meaning to get more into that again. And I, I like the game system. I played um, Uncharted Seas when it first came out and really liked it. And I kept meaning to get into it. I suppose not having a player base to play it with or not seeking one out on my part, perhaps. I, th I think if I'd got a local play group and one who that already knew all the rules for Dystopian Wars, um, I'd, I'd probably be a lot happier with it. I'm talking. It was really popular, um, just not many people playing it now because nobody's asking for it, and the new edition of, obviously, but ben, MK3 came out. Yeah, the well, evolution Oxford, of the rules is what caused problems there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oxford is quite far away in some terms. No, no, it's not. Uh, for, for a weekday after work, it is. Uh, and also, 
and, and also given that my local club is about 20 minutes away um, uh, and runs on the same day. Terrible. Anyway, um, yeah. but Zakova was, um, she had, um, they, oh, during, during Smogcon, uh, they were talking about how they got two different sculptors to do that one sculpt, didn't they? There, were, there was, um, was it her? They were talking about the new Kador caster at the time, which she hadn't been released. At, and... I, I would comment, Benj, but I haven't be. I didn't go to Smogcon this year. Oh no, yeah, you didn't. Uh... No, I didn't. Speaking of which, uh... yeah, 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 yeah. You were dead. My, my leg has actually finally today stopped leaking. Mm. Just Ooh. you know, throw that one out there. Cheers. So that 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 was eight months of healing. Mm. Well, they were. <laughs> well, they were talking about how they hired uh, an organic human sculptor and a more. Well, they hired two different sculptors for the for the for the model. Essentially, I can't remember what they termed the other one. And I was just wondering if if she could have been really achieved in a. Uh, but then again, that that is a, a very uh, interesting thing because, of course. I mean, yes, while you could, um, in some cases, share a model between two sculptors if they were close together, if mm. you're talking about you know, collaboration with, say, um, PPD use sort of uh, some Spanish sculptors, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they've also got some, well, they've certainly got some in Britain, in America, um, all over the place. For that one, it's a case of bundling up the files, sending them across and going... Yep, I can work straight from this. Yeah, there's none of that. Okay, I've half sculpted this. I'm going to put it in a box with as much bubble wrap as I can get, send it to you, and hopefully it doesn't smash on the way. Mm. Um, As we all know, that's what happened with the original Gudrun, um, where the original model is lost to time, and we have um, something that approximates it. So... Mm. It's, it, yeah, there's the, that interesting angle that um, they can now get sculptors to do just the bits that they're very good at. Because um, if anyone's listened to the uh, the quite good interview that Beasts of War uh, had with uh, Doug, who was the name of the sculptor? Oh, I don't know. It's on my Facebook. But into F is it? F is it? Oh, let me just. I'll 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 look it up once. Okay. Um, Yes, because as that uh, sculptor said when he was being interviewed at the European Masters... Oh, Doug Hamilton. Doug Hamilton, thank you very much. Um, certain sculptors have affinities for different races, different styles. Some will naturally gravitate to, oh, I, I, you know, I, I really want to sculpt Cricks, I really want to sculpt Legion, because you have know, that sort of organic, spiky look to things. Um, but then some will want, actually, no, I want the sort of the, the, the clean mechanical lines of Kador Warjacks or whatever. Um, obviously, you know, they work on whatever they're told to work on, but it means that you can have something that's like, okay, we need someone who can do, you know, has these skills for this part of the model, but we're looking for something different over here. I think just the fact that the names are now becoming kind of household names, like we know that that's Doug Hamilton, that's a Doug Hamilton sculpt. Yeah. That's uh um, oh god, what's his name? Who you were mentioning earlier? Who did Una? Um, uh, uh, Russ. Yeah, Russ. And he, and and we can now spot the artwork. I mean, it's the same as spotting the actual concept artwork as well now. So it's becoming a a proper. I, I would say there's there's always been an element of that. Uh, mm. I, I mean, originally PP didn't really publicise their sculptors, um, yeah. which was certainly an interesting one i mean from the early days we know that uh kev white 
uh, did the resculpt of the Satixis, for instance, mm. because if you look at the faces, they're very clearly um, Kev White faces. He's got a very distinctive style. Mm. Um, but they, they always um, publicised who their concept artists were and who their main art piece artists were. I mean, a, a lot of them were uh, Matt Wilson, uh, Brian mm. Schnoddy, uh, I'm trying to think who else was in those early days. Um, and it was a very, very... I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, but it was a, it was a vest. The roles is the well, well. I mean, art will always sell game systems because what is the, you know if you walk into um, a gaming shop without having done prior research and you look around, what's the first thing you're going to see? It, uh, one one part is going to be the models and one part is going to be the covers of the rule books. Yeah. And if you see something like uh, an Andrea Adurzo Forces War Machine cover, they are beautifully big, dynamic pieces that really give you a good feel for what's inside. Um, you look at say, the, the the cover of the Kador Forces War Machine. You have legions of troops scrabbling over rubble, and it's you know sort of hard-faced, haggard men being directed by Sorcia, while massive warjacks kind of you know just crush everything in their path um, yeah but then you look at mercenaries games have got board games board games have got that down as well in the sense of on a broader sense because that generally speaking you buy a box board game you might buy their expansion stuff but buy tons of war machine all the time don't we but yeah. you buy a box board, board game and you play it and you but is that that it, cover art and cover design is even arguably even more important at that point yeah and you'd be surprised how many how many games get it wrong because I've certainly got games where I look at the cover of the box and go, that really does not do you any favours. Um, I've got a well, brilliant little Car Carcassonne. Carcass Carcassonne's a really good example. Yeah. It's an awesome game that I've spent so many hours playing, and yet even even though it's been bought out recently and there's been redesigned boxes come out, you still look at the box and go, what is it? Oh, if, if you want the ultimate example... Um, go and crack open a copy of Dominion. Oh yeah, there you uh, go. extremely popular deck builder. You know, kind of developed an entire genre of gaming purely off the back of its own mechanics. It has. I'm, I'm not going to say the art is bad. It's not. It. It's not bad. It's just massively inconsistent. This is. It's this all is... over the place. I mean, German games are guilty of that. I mean, look at Power Grid, and that's an amazing game. You know, and it has. Really basic art. But... Yes, uh, Power Grid's art does not sell it. I will quite yeah. agree. Um, and I mean, certainly, I sold uh, a copy of that to uh, Matt Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for something to play over a Christmas with his folks, and I went, "Ah, well, it's a Monopoly. Why not try this?" I I love that game, but it's very brown, very <laughs> yes. you know, very <laughs> industrial. Well, uh, again, when you try describing it to people, it's like, ah, yes, this is a board game where you are dealing with the German energy market <laughs> with a system of uh, ever-decreasing and more expensive resources as you try to expand your network to more cities. One, it is the most German board game I have ever heard of. And two, it sounds dull as ditch water. Yeah. So is, it, is it a bit like, I've never played it, but is it like Ticket to Ride? It's trains you're expanding your electrical network um kind of but yes not. but but it's um method, method mechanics but yeah ticket to ride is uh quite a, a simple 
Um, so you can play. You can play Ticket to Ride with kids very, very easily. Um, with Power Grid, they'd have to be good at maths. Oh, because Power Grid is not a sort of an instant hit fun game. It's one where you are going to have a tense ninety minutes bench. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and it gets it, even tenser with yeah, more people. It, it's not a long game, but we have had you know proper okay. So if I bid on this power station, I can't bid on this one. But if a higher number than that comes out, that one goes back in the pile. Uh, right, okay, I'll bid on this one. And you kind of get this, this whole conversation. It's like, do I buy three coal and two oil, or two oil and four coal? And, and it, it, it is a fantastically involved game, uh, one that you have to be in the mood for. But really, right. just... I mean, your, your decisions can screw you over from the start, and... Or they can. I mean, it, it does have it does have mechanics to get people back in there, and it is very clever about how it does that. Because yeah. if you're in the lead, um, it's, it's probably going a little too deep into the mechanics, but well, bear with me. Um, if you're in the lead, oh, and yes. it has a very intelligent way of kind of working that out. Um, then you're buying resources last, and resources are always priced so that the last person buying has the most expensive resources. Because the market produces a little each turn, and it kind of moves up a track, depending on how many there are. But every person who buys, the track moves back, and it gets more expensive with each step. Uh, it's very cleverly done. And in the case of um, things like the, uh, the North and South Korea board, which uh, is a, a, you know, a great mechanical system, uh, we actually managed to get it so that someone needed both coal and nuclear fuel for their power plant. And what we did was we colluded to all buy all the coal in the South Korean market so that they couldn't actually get both resources at once because you could only shop from one market at a time. Yeah, you, you, the, you have a, it's a kingmaker game, essentially, as well. So you can all gang together. It, it, to... it, it can be, yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, Power Grid, I, I will honestly say that you know if you like your board games and you... You know, you've never played it. Get your hands on a copy. It is, it's a brilliant game. Good. So, yeah, so yeah board game recommendations coming from the sculpting of Russ Charles. Um, yeah. I don't know how we got there. Can anyone else remember? I don't yeah, know. Design. Art design. Ah, yes, art design. That's what we did. But, yeah. but yes, and uh, I, I diversified into board games because that seems to be more important that, that those are eye-catching. And then ironically, really, as you rightly pointed out, yeah. there's an awful lot that the dance when they're still popular and sell yeah. loads. Well, uh, the interesting one as well is if you look at some of the bigger Kickstarter um, projects, yeah. uh, and I'm thinking specifically of something like Takedo here, if you've ever seen that one, um, that has this wonderful ultra clean style i mean the box is mostly white with a sort of little nice illustration in the middle oh. that sells on a phenomenal art style um i i saw it once on tabletop and just went yep i have to buy this it looks fantastic um and I, i've even got the deluxe edition where you have you know little metal coins replacing the cardboard ones and you've got plastic figures for everything Ooh. it's very very good um I like, I like those kind of kickstarters when you get more tokens and things that like i mean zombies are black plague is a good example of all the extras you get that make it so much better than the standard box game yeah what's the whole thing you get your standard box game and you got like a thousand uh was it one koku coins you're gonna punch out and then there's a hole in the middle yeah. of them and, and then just in this separate little box that is the deluxe edition that also comes with the cd of music to listen to while you're playing the game okay 
uh, they want you to have a backing track. Um, and you just have this bag of very satisfyingly clinky coins. They can just drop a sort of on the desk as it drops. Like, yes, this is satisfying. I like this. Cool. Uh, although, actually, we seem to be board game recommendations. So. Um, if you want sort of, you know, satisfying sounding components, have any have either of you ever played Splendor? Uh, no, but I've heard of it. In tea. Uh, well, it's a it's a game where you're. <laughs> I'm just moving past that. It's a game where you're part of the, <laughs> the gem trading and cutting market. It's a bit of a pasted on theme, but uh, yes, yeah. I have heard that. Um, I've played it though. But it's it's you know, first of all, it's got some very nice of uh, um, very nice card stock for the cards. But on top of that, all the gems in the game, at least in the basic version, are represented by very nice heavy. Uh, casino chips. Oh. So as you got them in front, there's that, there's that very satisfying clonk. Whenever you put them on the table, it's like, yes, this feels like a quality component. I'm happy with my purchase. And that, that is a very important point for a lot of games that, 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 that they are pleasantly tactile. There is nothing worse than playing a game where you've got cheap cardstock that's bent in at the edges. You've got models that are kind of bent over double because they were left in the box for two minutes. <laughs> uh, you know, instructions printed on basically toilet paper in black and white, and we've all seen these board games. Let's not lie. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay, I seem to finish my rant about board gaming. Um, I was say, wait, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how that's how how where we were saying how important it is, and it. I find it quite interesting how we've actually argued against the original point and gone. Actually, there were some really really good board games that are really successful. People buy loads of. They have really quite but unappealing art. I find that quite interesting that we've got... I, got I think in those cases, they're not the ones you'll buy when you go in the shop. They're no, the no, ones... they're recommendations online. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that... I mean, there is, for better or for worse, I, a, even, a, 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 even, there is a good gamers network online of people going, no, this game looks terrible, but trust me, you'll love it. But then you've got things like D6G, D6 Generation, who I have to admit, I haven't listened to any in a little while, but when I first got into looking at gaming podcasts, was listening to loads of those. And I think that's how, I'm not sure how I came across Carcassonne. I think it was, I think they mentioned it and talked about it and I picked it up. And it's those kind of people online, not just, yeah, there's forums and there's so many, a board game, a board game geek is huge, isn't it? And yeah, so much material online for board games. Well, the people at work are working through a, um, the top 30 they took a screenshot of the top 30 at the time as a kind of bucket list thing and we've um, we've done quite a few of them so um, I think that was before Scythe entered the market anyway and basically destroyed Scythe? yeah Scythe uh, Scythe is really popular just kind of it. destroyed yeah. the top I, was um, that, that's, I, I appear to have lost touch with the U- really? Yeah. Well, that's my line I, that's my line I've never heard of it really? Yeah, it's very, very popular. And oh, I think popular. I know. I've heard of it. I think Adam Tremblay has explained it to me at length. It's a Kickstarter, and it was massive. It's like ah, uh, okay. It's farming with mechs in yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the components now and going, this is probably why I've not heard of it because oh that, that's an awful lot of pieces. It is. And the uh, Kickstarter edition had all the specialty bits. I've had a uh, I've had a Kickstarter arrive in the last few days that was about a year overdue, and uh, I now have two or three boxes of uh, lots of little plastic aliens, which is quite nice. 
Oh, what's oh, it? Very nice. Uh, it's Project Elite. Oh. Which is a bit sort of, um, it's a bit zombicide, Super Dungeon Explorer-esque in a sense of the board game runs itself, and but you play little marines and a kind of a aliens but not breaching copyright kind of style. You play marines sent in to achieve a mission on different le- different levels, and again, the board itself, the double-sided yeah. board. Well, I've got the expansions as well. So I've got two of these, different with different designs. The artwork is way better than I expected, and the artwork all the way through all of the components. The box is the same; it looks alright. It's a bit busy, but the the components are very nice. Um, and they did the, most of the delay was then retooling and re not redesigning, but re re. Um, configuring their finishing process, I think, on the plastics mm. um, was probably the best way to describe it. Because it went from, yeah, they're all right, to, oh, these are really nice. Um, yeah. yeah, I have a ton of plastic aliens that are clearly not breaching Geiger copyright. But, um, but that's the thing as well. We were talking about games doing, you know, selling games on that artwork. They've also conned a lot of people with those uh, art, art pieces as well. You know, how they've never actually sort of reflected the actual quality of the game. Yeah. Or they've got nothing actually to do. That with that will always rules. be the case. I mean, that's how AVP, you know, that got a lot of people in, and then that ran into a lot of problems with, you know, copyright of the actual in, uh, intellectual property. You know, it was the artwork, it was the the um the whole universe of Alien getting that board game. But yeah, it was very lucky that game came to fruition in the end. You appear to have gone off on a tangent. And I'm not sure where you've gone. I don't know where no. I'm going. I'm really tired. Kickstarter is often like that, isn't it? You do take a gamble with Kickstarter, you always do. Um, you do. can't all be exploding kittens, can it? Just to be fair. No. Although, again, we were discussing that at work today, and that is not a two-player game, apparently. No, it's not. I, I have no. played it, but really you want four or five at least. Really, yeah, you do. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's, that's, four that's five, it's four or five players whilst in a group doing something. It's, it's a kind of, it's, it's a filler game more yeah. than anything. Or it's a kind of an early evening where you're starting having a drink before you do something else. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. It's good fun. But, it's, but that was so successful. I, mean, that is, I think that is still the most successful Kickstarter. Um, certainly the most gaming Kickstarter. Um, so successful that you got a little really nice little posture box to keep it in that magnet closes and it says meow when you open it and because they yeah. went so far over what they expected keep talking kurt but while you talk about posh boxes i have to get something so bear with me that sounds rude posh boxes i think i think the box is too far away for me to find it and open it to make it go meow on the podcast but it does go meow when you open the box and there's a expansion to the <laughs> what's he got now He's back. Yes, I am. Now, you at home won't be able to see this, um, but on the podcast, people will. This is the box for the board game I have just received. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yep. And uh, It's a bit much. For, for reference, that was a large wooden box. Hitting his microphone. That's what she said, large wooden box. Uh, uh, which <laughs> uh, makes satisfying noises. And uh, That's what she said. The board game can be seen inside. There you go. Um, okay. That would be the game Secret Hitler. Oh, I've heard of that as well, yes. Yes. Um, it's a bit like uh, Werewolf or yeah. Avalon or any of those kind of secret role games. Um, 
but I have the deluxe edition, which comes with... Um, normally, you'd have little card placards in front of the president and chancellor in the game. That one comes with wooden versions. Nice. Um, yes. It is a very... I mean, it's, it's a simple game. There's like 10 cards and some bits. Um, you could play it with scraps of paper if you wanted. 10 cards but, and some bits. Yeah. I, li- literally, you have... Um, a track for the number of players you have telling you how many fascist or uh, liberal policies you need to pass to win uh, a chancellor placard a president placard and then um cards that tell you whether you're liberal or fascist and which one of you is hitler cool uh, amusingly it comes with a sticker to modify the hitler card um in which case uh, you can turn it into donald trump <laughs> yeah yeah. The other option is you can put a Santa hat on Hitler. So, you know. <coughs> Excellent. Which is the lesser of two evil, though? <laughs> or Santa. You decide now. My, um, my, next, my next one is that I'm looking forward to, that hopefully will arrive before Christmas, is uh, Cyborg Cowboys Robbing Trains. Chibi. Oh, Cyborg, yes. Sci fi. Um, rail Raiders. Yeah, rail, rail Raiders Infinite. Yes. Rail Raiders. Rail Raiders I, Infinite. I didn't, awesome. I didn't put into that because I didn't have the cash. Uh, it's the only thing I put into this year on uh, not doing anything else and just gone and gone. That's a must. The kids will play that a lot. Let's get that. Well, I'm, I'm looking at what I have cash down for. Uh, I'm waiting for Super Dungeon Explore Legends. I didn't go in on that. Uh, Temp Worker Assassins. What? Oh, you've not heard of Temp Worker Assassins? They literally must be running out of ideas of a name it's... like that. <laughs> it's a worker placement game where you are the office temp and you, <laughs> and you have been sent to assassinate uh, one of the other workers in the office. Right. It, oh. It's it's utterly dumb and stupid, and it looks really fun. Um, it's got kind of slightly fantastical uh, office workers, if I just load the print and play. Um, so you've got... Where's the character cards? Uh, you've got the, the Acquisition and Merger Viking. The what? actual... The Actuarial Orc, the Advertising Barbarian, the Complaints Gorgon, <laughs> the Health and Safety Halfling, the Internal it's Audit Ninja. Card game? It's a card game. Uh, yes, part card game, part worker placement. Right. Little meeples placed on a board kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Regulatory Compliance Paladin. Uh, oh, my Lord. <laughs> really? Typing okay, Paul Zombie? I said, yeah. Regulatory Compliance Paladin. humans as a resource harpy what and you get weapons like the beveled edge keyboard (laughs) the remarkably heavy calculator the compact disc shuriken are these people just like marketing this to disenfranchised Gilbert fans or something? I, I don't know. But I, I saw some of this and thought, I have to have this. It's... Anybody that works in an office should get that standard, I think. <laughs> but yes, that, that, that's one of the ones I've got uh, at the moment. Now, uh, wh- I've got the Dresden Files co-op card game coming as well. Oh, cool. Because um, I've, st- I've started listening to those on Audible. And... I've, all, I've gone right through all of them. They're awesome. James Marsden reads them, doesn't he? He's amazing. Masters. Masters. Not Marsden. No, Marsden's Cyclops, isn't he? Masters, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Um, although he seems to pick one word every book that he's not going to pronounce correctly. Yeah, go, I love it. It's, um, book 12, I think, is he doesn't do. Um, there's one he doesn't do. Oh, he's gone back and, and re- interestingly, he's, he's gone back and re-recorded it. That. Oh. They've, they've gone back now. So but it, does quite, it does kind of work. It does kind of work because it is a quite a different story. 
Okay. Um, um, but yes, the, the 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 last one that I listened to is very good because there's a point where uh, he steals something from a fairy queen right. and just does the roadrunner meep meep and runs away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does it as well, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. I nearly crashed the car. I was laughing so hard. Uh, I've gone through it. I've gone through all of those in the car. There's really and more than once some of them. Some of them are really good. Yes, I, um, I, will, I will say, I absolutely love the first one. But that was very clear that that was that was something done for a bet because that was detective noir all over. You know, she had legs up to there and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the second one, Full Moon, was yeah. Eh, oh, eh. good. How many different types of werewolf can you name? Yeah, they're very uh, good. I, 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 I wasn't a fan of the second one, but I after like that. Uh, when it got to is it grave peril? No, that's not third, is it? It's um, rights or something, isn't it? The third, well, I think they're blowing a I think. Um, yeah, anyway, I it was vampires third one anyway. Yeah, uh, is the um, I'm gonna have to look at the wiki page now. You realise? One, um, I oh. do like. I, I, there's some. There's some awesome ones. Like, there's there's um, I can't remember if it's nine. There's some. I think nine might be my favourite. Um, but you can't talk about it without spoiling it. So it's just awesome. They're, uh, that's good fun. It's slightly trashy and awesome. I do like Dresden. It, it is extremely true. I was right. Number three is Grave Peril. Stormfront, Full Moon, Grave Peril, and Summer Night. I just finished Summer Night. Summer Night's the fourth one, yeah. So Death Masks and Blood Rites are the next and two. About, and there's puns all the way through them for a while, isn't there? And they do it in, in the titles. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. The series is so littered with just terrible, terrible jokes. Yeah, I love it to pieces for that, and it's it's. it's I think oh, it's fifteen. Yeah. I think got sixteen come out this year. I can't remember, but I just. Uh, oh. uh, if I, I do have a preview of sixteen in my inbox because I gave it to Kickstarter. Uh, um, I'd also recommend, uh, as in the vein of audiobooks, the Joe Abercrombie as well of the First Law trilogy and the subsequent books that followed it. They're read by Stephen Pacey. They're very good. See, you're recommending this at the right time because I have uh, my Audible credits coming in on Friday. Uh, um, the First Lord Crombie. Okay. I'll, I'll take a look. Heroic fantasy. Good stuff. I read them and I got back and listened to them and they're very good to listen to as well. Stephen Pacey, I think. Well, I, 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 I do have to say, since, since discovering Audible, long car journeys have become a lot more bearable. Yeah, I think... Uh, Music's fine for half an hour, but I, I like I like audiobooks for um, much longer journeys. Do you have any audiobook recommendations, Benj? I only ever really listen to the Horace Heresy books on uh, Audible version audiobooks. Um, I was listening they, they, to. They're making me wonder if they ever did the um, oh the Gaunt's Ghosts ones. Um, no, I don't think so. And they're never ever going to finish that series, by the looks of it, either way. Well, uh, uh, Gaunt's Ghost, actually. uh, Do we have a topic? I mean, um... (laughs) (laughs) everything other than War Machine. People are going to get very annoyed at this episode, and it's going to be wonderful to watch them. They're going to sit there waiting. This is our five year episode. We'll do what we want. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's our birthday, and we'll do what we want to. Um, But yes, uh, Gaunt's Ghosts annoys me so heavily because I got to a certain point owning the books and then stopped playing GW games. Then I came back and thought, I should buy the rest of those books and they're digital only now. Really? Yes, they don't. The last time I checked, they were not doing hard copy of Gaunt's Ghosts anymore. So if I want them, I've got to find them secondhand. Off to Amazon. And that is a right royal pain. Yeah. I, I appreciate, you know, that obviously they don't want to be sitting on large amounts of stock, but there are companies who do print on demand now. 
Yeah. Surely they could just license them out and go, there you go, give us a cut, and we'll be fine with this. I, I just don't understand. I mean, yes, by all means, have an ebook. I don't mind them. You know, other people like them. That's fine. I'm not an ebook person. Uh, I'll, no, I'll do- I like audiobooks, but I also like paper. Um, yeah. I think on, on, on audiobooks, briefly again, the, the one I did, um, did go and get Blade on audiobook, which is by, written by Den Patrick, who, who ridiculous number of years. And um, the weird thing about that was it was an American reading reading the book which is fine except that i know the person that wrote it and you kind of expect at least something vaguely close to his voice to be reading it or at least british or, or something and it was just like i got about i went oh, i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> yes I really this, tried to stick with it. this is very much like when i was uh, listening to uh, the honor harrington series on audiobook is which... that harlan ellison is he right that is that, is that what no, right that's, about that? that's uh, david webber or Weber, oh. I'm never quite sure. Uh, okay, I'm going to say Weber. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. But yes, uh, that's read by someone who they actually have an apology on the page that, that the book oh. is on. This is my free introduction to Audible book. Um, they have an apology on the page, which says that unfortunately, due to the author's notes not re- getting to the uh, narrator, um, one word is mispronounced the whole book through, oh. and it's main character's nationality. So instead of being Manticoran for the entire book, she's Manticoran, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when it's in, well, every single chapter, multiple times, because it's the Royal Manticoran Navy, it starts oh, yeah. to grate a little. It also starts to grate even more, because I, I always imagine them as being, well, British, because they have a House of Parliament, they have a House of Lords, and... They have a Royal Manticoran Navy. It's more so sounds a bit like serving a lion. It's a lion winged scorpion thing, which is kind of quite cool thing as well, isn't it? Mm. Oh, that, yeah, that is part of the entire point um, because the the system therein has uh, Manticore, Sphinx, and Griffin as planets. Right. Okay. I've never checked that out. I've often thought about it. I know it's supposed to be kind of sci-fi trashiness. I've never really got into them. I think. Do you like oh, them? Are they good? Did, did you uh, did you ever read any of the Horatio Hornblower or Sharp books? No. Okay. Well, um, did you watch the Sharp TV series? I do love that comparison. It's like Sharp in space, or it, it, like it, Hornblower in it, space. It basically is. Uh, uh, I know. That's what Gone's Ghost it, was it, there. Yeah, it's that yeah. same sort of thing of uh, following one officer's career over time and all the kind of the, the scrapes and misadventures they get into. Um, but Gaunt's Ghost was amazing. The characters in there, for, for a GW, you know, Black Library book, they were amazing, well-written. Yeah. Dan Abnett's finest work. And it's really annoying that if that series ever finishes, well, we're one book away from completion and it's been delayed for two years now. I know he's been going through like health issues, but he's also been working on everything under the sun, you know, Doctor Who, uh, 2000 AD, you know, it's just fucking finish it. I don't know whether they just don't want to admit that he doesn't work for that library anymore or GW, whether they can afford his services. I, I have actually just noticed, um, the early, this, this is very interesting. Um, they're going through and republishing the Gaunt's Ghosts books. What, in paperback, hardback? In, in paperback with new covers. Wow. The third set of covers. Yeah, that is the third. Oh, um, 
so yeah, but they're only up to the guns of Tanith. Yeah. Which means that that's still one, two, three, four, five. That's the first three books, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's in that. Four. Yeah. So first and only Ghostmaker, Necropolis, and then Guns of Tanith. Yeah. Necropolis um, was amazing. And then after that, you've got Sabat Martyr, Traitor General, His Last Command. Is Double Eagle one of them? Double, no, Double Eagle no, isn't part not. of the series. It's a standalone thing. Yeah, the, the, the problem is they have no Browse This Series button on the Black Library. Oh. That, that makes me sad. Um, but yes, I, I genuinely do not remember the, remember the two Black Library books they've got before them in publishing dates. Insignum Astartes and Dead Men Walking. Okay. Because the first Black Library book I certainly remember was... Um, into the Maelstrom. Oh, oh yeah, that was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Can't remember. And then again, they're, ne- they're never going to finish Heresy either way. So if, just... if we're talking a uh, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, um, that is the cover that I had to first and only. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's in good condition. Oh, yeah. That's, that's been carted round. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the bookmark. Um... Yeah, that's been carted around with me for basically forever. Um, is that the publishing date in the front? Yes, first published in 1999. And this is the 1999 publishing. So that's uh, 17 years old. Nice. Um, I um, went and found my copy of The Killing Joke when the animation came out in July. Ah. Yeah, mine's did quite a lot older than what you've got in your hand. <laughs> did you buy it? Sorry? When did you, wait, how old is it? Sorry, when did you buy it? So I bought The Killing Joke. I bought the first edition of the Titan Books reprint of The Killing Joke. And oh, I'm pretty wow. sure it was November 93 is the date inside the book. Have you, did you buy the movie that's come out? I've watched the movie, yeah. yeah. I've watched the movie, yes. What did you think of it? I haven't seen it I yet. loved it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. It's really good. Um, if, you want, if you want slight spoiler, but really entertaining, watch Mark Hamill's hour-long piece from Star Wars Celebration. It's oh, amazing. I did. I did watch it. He was, he was great. He, uh, way above expectations. I watched it thinking, this would be yeah. a laugh. And I got drawn into it. He was really good. Yeah. I, I, I was doing something else at the time. Uh, I can't remember what it was, actually. So on YouTube, Wait, you missed it. Check it out. It's good. You missed no, the panel. Uh, we, were only, we were only allowed uh, two of the... Um, I, you know, I should say, yes, I did go to Star Wars Celebration in London. Yes, it was great. Um, but we were only allowed two of the panels in the big room every day. Um, and I can't remember what was on the same day as Mark Hamill that I went to instead. Um, it must have been better than <laughs> I hope well, it was better than that well given that to get to the panels and I, I, I kid you not for the, for the Star Wars Rebels panel yeah I got up at 5am I was inside the Excel Center before 6 and I was on the second set of queues because the first one was full Jesus alright I, all right, I like Rebels I don't like it as much as Clone Wars um, oh, but... I like it way more. I think it's better than Clone Wars. I think it's awesome. Really? I think the, the first season was a bit hit and miss. But it was, I agree. After that, when it became essentially the direct sequel to Clone Wars, phenomenal. Yeah. Second but... season is really good. Third season looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why do you not like Clone Wars that much? I do like Clone Wars. It's not that yeah. I don't like Clone Wars. Clone <laughs> Wars is fantastic. Yeah. It's just that uh, Rebels is now really good because we're getting into the um the meat of oh, oh, so many characters now yeah. that i do go what it was the bit awesome where um okay i'm just gonna say this now uh for anyone who is watching rebels late and doesn't want to know spoilers you want to shut your ears for the next five minutes especially if you haven't watched the last episode of the second series um 
Yeah, so when Ahsoka comes back, mm. that's fantastic. When she has Oh, the, I was so excited. When she has the battle with Vader and breaks his mask, yeah. that is one of the best moments I've ever seen in Star Wars. Because there is that whole yeah. thing of her basically going, you know, she hasn't really believed until she's seen that that it was Anakin under the mask. Yeah. And then she, tried to have not it. To, she could feel him and she's denying it and denying it and denying it. Yeah. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I will say that the the atmosphere in the room at Celebration, when they showed the trailer and Thrawn appeared on screen. Yeah, how are they going to yeah. like weave him into all this? He's there anyway. What, what do you mean? Look, I can't remember that. I haven't actually been able to find the. But then it does say, and it does do, and I suppose it was there anyway. Is that the the um, Grand Admiral that's in Rogue One is not him? He's not a no, Grand no, Admiral. He's not a Grand uh, Admiral. No, yeah. Uh, so, do, do, do you mean this trilogy, Bench? Well, I don't understand now where he kind of sits in the whole thing with the Thorian trilogy. If if that's not uh, canon okay. anymore. Uh, yeah, the Thrawn trilogy is gone. Um, right. All the thing with the Nogri and uh, the 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 race that can block the Force yeah. and Talon Card, Mara Jade, that's all gone. Mara Jade's gone. Mara Jade's yeah. gone. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe. Mar- Mar- as far as we know, there is no Mara Jade replacement. Okay. And that that's it. Um, Luke's been very lonely for quite a while. Th- uh, Thrawn has been uh, essentially borrowed from that as a a new character. He has a lot of the same influences. So, for instance, uh, the first time you see him, there's two reptilian statues behind him, sort of crawling on branches. Oh, and now the, he's blue as well. Yeah, he was always blue. Really? That's for our listeners and not for me. Um, there's, there's two reptilian yeah. creatures on uh, uh, statues of reptilian creatures on branches behind him that are meant to be references to the force blocking creatures that Talon Card finds in the books. Oh. I realize I've just worked myself into a whole kind of Star Wars plot mire at this point, but what the hell? If you've not read the Thrawn trilogy and you like Star Wars, why? I never just, have. I, oh. I have got the first book in an ebook, but I have not found the others and I can't find them. Anywhere really else. I, uh, I must admit, I stopped trying after uh, a while. They but... are reprinting them. Oh, okay. Um, Why, and... though? They're not canon. No, they're part of the Legends okay. line. Oh, such a cash in. They, and they... also, also. Yeah. Star Wars Tim... is huge. It's a new film all over again. Timothy Zahn is coming back to do a Thrawn novel. Oh. Yes. What, in the current canon? In or... the current canon, oh, as right. his background. I, 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 I. I Okay, Re- Rebels has got better. Season one was a bit pants, but yeah, I really wish they had finished the Clone Wars at least before they axed it for what was Rebels. I don't think Rebels was ever supposed to be this good. I think they've had to, they've really, especially with uh, Rogue I, I, One. And I, I, I think the, the issue that they had was that they had to set up a, a new cast of characters before they could tell the stories they wanted to tell that was in that yeah. gap. I now the, the current the current rumor is that this is going to be the final season anyway. Uh, oh. e- either this one or the next one. Well, well because, it, ends, it ends at Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you don't have much space to play about in. Um, but there were so already, many stories from the. They've already dated it. Already dated it really well with Princess and Lothar, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. You can't so get around that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there are rumours that after this, uh, Dave Filoni will move on to a different point in the Star Wars um, continuity. Perhaps one that's post-Episode 7. Uh, I mean, if Rebels is selling well, you'd think they'd keep going, wouldn't you? No, no. They, they're they going to... Because that's, I think that's where Clone Wars kind of... It did drag on after a while. Yeah, it took a long it, time. Okay. Well, it, it, which is a shame because it, it got progressively better. And uh, there were uh, the the storylines that they axed for the last season looks really interesting as well. Um, well, actually, it, it, interestingly enough, um, a lot of the stuff in the upcoming season of Rebels, mm. uh, for instance, one where Darth Maul um, is training. Um, he's not dead. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Ezra. Ezra. He's training yeah. Ezra uh, on a sort of asteroid base. Uh, Dave Filoni went, oh, yeah. Uh, so, originally the model for this asteroid base was built for Clone Wars. And we had a whole plot about it where Darth Maul was going to go there and do this and do that. So, what we did was, we basically used that as our canon, which is why he knows about this place now. Took the model we built for that, changed the art style a little so it fit with Rebels, and uh, just reused it. So, we have a, a, a set that's far better than most of what we can afford to do for Rebels, um, just for free. Mm. Well, they got a smaller budget for this than they had for Clone Wars, then. Rebels is... The, the budget for Rebels is something like half what it was for Clone Wars. Uh, Clone Wars was a massive loss maker, uh, because even though it rated well and it sold merchandise, it was a George Lucas vanity project. I'm so glad it exists, though. <laughs> I'm so glad that we at least got as many seasons as we did out of it, it before they canned it. It, it. Yeah. It made up for that whole prequel for me. The whole the whole three movies of the prequel. The characters There just, was nothing to make up for. Wait, what? Jar Jar Binks. Oh yeah, you're the great Jar Jar Binks apologist, I forgot. No, I, 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 I I'm not into Jar Jar Binks. I really enjoy episode three. I think episode three is really good, regardless of anything else. It's just good. Um episode two and just what? what? There's some small bits of it. So the asteroid chase is awesome. A lot of the Camino stuff's really cool. And uh, but no, the whole getting married, no. And episode one did not make sense until I became a parent, and then suddenly it went, oh. I enjoy the whole series, start to finish. And if you're going to complain about anything, yeah, Jar Jar, hippo cow things. Jar Jar is on that list. The hippo cow thing is on the list. The Ewoks are on that list. No, no, they yeah, will for no, never. Don't quote Simon Pegg at me. Don't quote Simon Pegg at me. No. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Has anyone else the here gone, gone and watched Caravan of Courage? No, we don't have to watch it. I used to. I grew up with the Ewoks cartoon TV series. Exactly. So did I. Exactly. They were awful then. No, they were brilliant. They're like hamsters, but bigger. Uh, uh, are you, I'm sorry, are you just defending them because you are in fact a shaved Ewok, Ben? I am literally a shaved Ewok. All my hair fell out on the head and, um, yeah, never mind. Yes, I'm a shaved Ewok. Everybody knows my shame. It's your blog, isn't it? I'm a shaved Ewok. I'm a shaved Ewok. <laughs> it's my Tumblr. It's my Tumblr. Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, there you go. So if you're looking for Benj, shavedewok.tumblr.com. Uh, yeah, just Tumblr things. Hashtag just no, sorry, just Ewok things. Ewok. Well, we did once plan, and uh, this again is uh, what a shaving. No, <laughs> don't shave no. me. Uh, I won't ever turn up to a tournament. We did once every plan day. after going around the German market in Birmingham, uh, starting a Tumblr that was just 
sad-looking market traders at emptystalls.tumblr.com. I love the German market. But it, awesome. it, most of it was great, but there's just these these people who are just there with no one at their stall looking sad. <laughs> it's the, I, I just want to take a photo of this moment to, to, to witness kind of the, the lowest mental point that a human can go to. Oh. So well, speaking of if that, anyone how's Jimmy? Are in the podcast, by the way. <laughs> well done. Because this is well beyond even crippled systems level of random chatter. How, how, how is Jimmy, by the way, talking about the lowest point? In humanity? <laughs> um, no, because he, he did well at the... Didn't he do well at the tournament? Are you actually going to talk about the tournament? Because that's another hour and a half's worth of rambling, isn't it? He well, played Signal. Given oh. that I've rambled for about an hour so far. Um, um, I thought this was going to be a short one. I was looking forward to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we say that every time, Bench. Oh, it never right. makes it true. Um, <laughs> um, all I can really say is uh, Jimmy played at Nationals, where I was. Uh, but for those who aren't aware, <clears throat> every September-ish, um, the UK has its National Masters. Uh, for the last, I want to say three years, it's been at Stockport. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's got to be three years now. Oh, or maybe even more. For the last several years, it's been held at the Northwest Gaming Centre. Yes, it's been held at the Northwest Gaming Centre in Stockport, um, which is it's, it's very much become now the the kind of the second venue of the UK, I think, because you have Firestorm in the southwest of Wales, uh, and then you have uh, Northwest Gaming Centre in if I, Stockport. If I could take Firestorm and just take it out of Wales. I would do that. You know, just put it somewhere more central to me. That'd be brilliant. It's just so far away. I, I, I actually wouldn't want to move Firestorm because I think it's... No. A part of what Firestorm is, is where it is, I think, and that's very important to it. Cardiff. Um, very cool. If I could basically copy-paste the building and not move it, and have a second one, sort of somewhere, you know, halfway between Oxford and Birmingham. I mm. think I would, because the centre of the country kind of needs something like that, but it hasn't. So, yeah. Yeah. anyway, uh, off topic. Anyway, yeah. uh, the UK National Masters was held in Stockport. It is a roughly 128 player tournament. I believe this year's turnout was roughly 110. Once we'd had all their initial first day drops, which always happen because big tournaments stuff happens. But, uh, uh, this year we saw Signar take the top three places. Oh, and the f- apparently our mess is weird, according to the rest of the world. So. Whose idea was it to talk about this? The final was Haley Two versus Haley Two. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, also, now you said our mess is weird compared to the rest of the world. Firstly, I can sort of agree because. Um, Britain is almost a halfway point between the European metas and the American meta. We've got enough of the podcast influence to get the American meta, but thinking-wise, we tend a bit more towards European-style lists. Um, Hence things like uh, storm lances turning up here when no one in the US would touch them with a barge pole because they were insane. And I did... Well, storm lances have... They were fantastic. They've been made better for Mark III. Yeah, they are the premium 20-point cavalry unit. I don't understand what happened there, because they were already good, and they just made them better. 
even worse, they made their lightning immunity better as well. Yeah. So now the Electro Leap ignores them, which I, I didn't realise until halfway through the oh, tournament. No, I've, yeah, I've, I've, oh. yeah, I've played against that and I realised that, yeah. It's not, um, it doesn't even leak to the immune models anymore. Yeah, it just it completely ignores them. Yep. It just, oh. And Laddermore. If you take Laddermore as well, you might as well just... Yep. Um, Laddermore, Firefly, there's, there's a whole package there. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I, I would actually argue, and this is something I was thinking about before the, the program anyway, it's possibly a source for a discussion. Um, I walked around that event, I looked at quite a few of the lists, I've since gone online and looked at more of the lists, and I have reached one conclusion about the current meta. It doesn't exist. Okay. There isn't one. We, I've wondered that, to be honest. We still don't have enough experience behind a lot of the players, especially at big, widespread tournaments, to have a full-on meta. Yes, we have we, we have um, some power casters that we know, oh, this cast is good. But within them, there's an awful lot of, oh, this cast is good. I'm going to put it with trenchers. No, I'm going to put it with storm lances. No, I'm going to put it with yeah. storm blades. And you kind of uh, just taking Signar as an example because that's what was running around my brain at the time. Uh, you love you Signar now. That's what it is. I see. Uh, well, I give that I'm planning Mercs for the weekend. That's not quite working. Um, but you've, uh, there's all these casters that kind of have, they've got little bits in common, uh, like going for Mercs because that's what I've been browsing today. You've got the Osram Gun Bunny list that's kind of forming but it's it goes between four gun bunnies and eight um and in fact jason who is uh, one of the judges at national masters was running it with 10 wow yes yes 10 hand cannons that every turn get free you know boosted attack and damage rolls mm. yeah and with um osram they also have energizer and their speed five Yikes. and you can give them bulldoze who, what? what are those again pardon what are those things again? Uh, gun bunnies. Oh, right. Oh, right, uh, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, little six-point light jacks. Yeah, I know what they are, yeah. Yeah. I was a bit properly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, having seen those lists, I mean, I saw a fairly decent Kador player. Um, Kador didn't fare too well, which is interesting because the Americans seem to think that they are possibly the best faction at the moment, um, along with Retribution and Signar, which we'll get to. Um, one Kador player who's doing fairly well turned up there with Karchev and all the character jacks and just said, yep, I'm going to walk forward, so I'm going to hit things in the face. And it kind of worked. Um, that is the other angle, though, isn't it? That, that as you say, not as so much that there isn't a meta, it's that there's supposed to be the case with Mark III that everything does work. Mm. I, I, I'd argue that not everything works, but I, I would also argue that, yes, a lot more things do work. That you'd look at in Mark II and go, I'm not taking that. That's blatantly stupid. It, it's like one of the lists I'm planning for the weekend, sadly, before I found out my Adrians were missing from my PG order. Um, was going to be um, Epic Magnus with six Warjacks. You'd never take that in Mark II. No. Uh, you might take you know, Epic Magnus with a Colossal, and that would probably work. But I was going, yeah, okay, so if I take Epic Magnus and uh, give him two Rovers and two Nomads and two Renegades, yeah, that looks about right. Um, it just wouldn't work in Mark II. And again, the fact that I was considering is my primary unit, Idrians, which, again, Mark II, you couldn't really take with Magnus all that often. But now they're just a, a standard unit, and... 
yeah, Power 15 guns are a thing. Um, go them. I, I don't know. What, what are your two thoughts on this meta, lack of meta? I, I haven't seen tournaments, so I can't really comment. What, I mean... What have, you, what have you seen of local lists? I've seen... Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, you... You listen to podcasts, or at least podcasts that mock the proper podcasts. Yes. Um, you know, so you've got to have some idea of what you think should be out there. Is that matching with what you're seeing at your local club? I am seeing, I don't know, my local clubs. I'm seeing those, some of those American lists replicated. I'm seeing a lot of people trying to use the basic sort of jacks that are available in faction in, in multiples, you know, like like the um, Crusaders and um, the Ironclads, because they are, you know, cheaper but heavies, you know, uh, less colossals. Now, that actually you hit something on the head, smack bang, that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. The almost complete wipeout of colossals. Yeah. Oh, really? Now, if you look at the colossals, on paper, they are still as deadly. In many cases, they're slightly cheaper. But then you think, well, hang on, that's 39 points. So for the same as that, I could get a Renegade, two Nomads, and a Gobba Tinker to fix them with. And I'm getting two extra free focus every single turn. Yep. And all of a sudden, that equation that made the Colossal such a fantastic investment because it was, I only have to power one Warjack, suddenly works against it because it becomes I'm getting too fewer focus every turn. Yeah. And with the I don't know whether there's increased access to things like field marshal and battle group spells or not. Uh, I know I'm certainly finding that things like Epic Magnus's uh, field marshal unyielding, which why? Why does this exist? I'm not complaining, I'm just wondering. Um, you know, stuff like that really does encourage you to go, well actually I'll, I'll just take some cheaper jacks but more of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, have you had any playtime with your trolls yet, Kurt? Uh, yeah, I went to a tournament and stuff, and yeah, I've had um, I went to a little tournament we talked about it last time, I think. Um, yes, yes, quite so outside of that, no, not really. Um, but um, so played against, but but you just see a bit of everything. People are either playing with whatever they've got, whatever they fancy. I mean, I'm finding the same with making my own troll list, just kind of trying to learn. That's just, this is almost what put me off with Mark III, is I suddenly went, I have no idea what to play. I, I am finding that there is a... I don't, so what, want to say it's a, I don't want to say it's a problem, because it's not, and it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to have to consider. I'm finding that I have to be much more selective with what I go with with each caster. So previously for Mercs, I could go, well, I'll take this caster, and I'll take Nis because they're good, and I'll take uh, either Gun Mages or Kayazi, because they're good. And um, let's put the Colossal in there as well. And the list kind of almost builds itself. You can, yeah. you know, you're taking the good bits. Now I look at it and go, okay, there's, there's no real outstanding thing here. Okay, what does the caster have? Okay, what. what and and on top of that, there's no from that. theme list to kind of drive you in a certain direction either. There's no kind of, ah, well, if I do this, then that's free and that's free and that's free. And this is extra points, and that's extra. There's none of that either. So that's I did an awful lot of that, and that's all gone. Well, I have access to uh, two theme forces, only one of which I have the pieces for. Um, in the fact that I have both, uh, because I play Mercs, I've got access to Operating Theatre and uh, Kingmaker's Army. Now, 
I'm looking. I don't know at what those mean? What is it? Where do they come from? They're in uh, no quarter. Operating theatre is in the Mark Three rulebook uh, because oh. because otherwise Cephalix aren't playable at all. Oh, I see. Uh, and Kingmaker's Army comes from no quarter because right. that's um, it's it's essentially a theme force that Magnus uses when he's working for um, oh what's the new Signar King's name? Not Benj Fluff Bunny. What? What's the new Signal King's name? Uh, Julius is in it as well. There we go, Julius. Yeah, but yes, the the Kingmaker's army, just for reference. um, So it's got composition rules, which says, an army made using this theme force can include only the following mercenaries. Uh, Captain Bartolo Montador, Captain Damiano, Drake McBain, Magnus Warcasters, non-character mercenary warjacks, Steelheads, Crow's Cutthroats, Boomhowler, Dirty Meg, Kale Baylock, Madeline Corbo, Orin Midwinter, and Ralic Mortlaw. So that, that, that's a list of those. Um, and the benefits are it can include long gunners, rangers, and trencher infantry units. For every 20 full points of units, one solo could be added for free. Warrior models and units gain feign death. And Boomhowler and Co. gain ambush. Wow. Yeah, you say wow. You've not seen their stats in Mark Three. Yeah. I have, but I can't remember them. Yeah. Oh boy, speed five and armor fifteen. Mm. But Tasty. they they still re- can, they can still tough on the ground though. Uh, yeah, but they don't have four up tough anymore, so it's not as relevant. No. However, however um, boom hellers with feign death. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Oh, I'm tough. Yeah, you've knocked me down. Oh, you can't target with ranged or magic. Sucks to be you. Um, but yeah, so that that's the new style of uh, theme force that you're getting, which. I'll be honest, that's much more open than the last ones were, because the last ones, you had to sit there and think, okay, if I have this, this, three of these units, I can get one free solo that's like this, whereas this one just goes, do you have 20 points of units? Great, have a free solo. I really, I really wish I'd have played, you know, those what some of those factions that did have some of those broken tier lists in Mark II. You know, free stuff is just wrong. <laughs> Nine points yeah. of free trolls. Yeah, count them. Count them. You can get eleven yeah. if you really want to under yeah. under ye. Yeah. Well, they've worked out that the maximum number of points you can get from uh, Kingmaker's army is, I think, seventeen. Wow. Three points. Yeah. So because... uh, a quality heavy warjack amount of points. Yeah. You're basically getting uh, Stannis Brocker for free, Kel Baylock, and uh, Orion Midwinter. Now, I really want to see some of my faction's books right now and see what free shit I get. The problem is that to do that, you've got to take 60 points of units. Ow. And when those units are limited to like four or five choices, mm, that gets awkward real quick. Also, it means you're taking Stannis Brocker. Ah, oh, good old Stannis. You've probably Stousy. He's free, but there's a reason he's free. <laughs> Well, the model's free. Quick, get to your local game store. Get your <laughs> no, free no. Stannis rocket. <laughs> I mean, Stannis is okay, but for seven points, you sit there and think, why? Why? Yeah. It's, I, not like, it's not like Game of Thrones, Stannis. No. Well, I, uh, just for, for reference, he's got a hand cannon. He's got a two-inch range PNS-12 sword. No, nothing spectacular. What's, yeah, his on... mat, what's his mat and rat, though? That's the seven, most important seven. seven what? Seven, six. Eh, it's not bad, at least it's so, not so, five. So, so it's okay. Uh, he's got cleave, 
so he can make two attacks. He's got defensive strike, reposition three, but the reason you take him is for tactician steelhead. Hmm. See him as you took it before. Yep, and the exact same reason that I stopped taking him, because I realised if I'm intelligent with my positioning, I don't have to spend four points on this large-based model that people can shoot through my army and therefore means that I can't rely on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I looked at Stannis Brocker and just thought, no, there's there's better ways of spending those points. Um, it, it's like when I looked at um, oh, um, Epic Alexia in Mark III and just thought, with the loss of Ghost Shield, she's down to armor 16 all the time. I can't rely on her. No, not doing it. Sorry. It's uh, a, a couple of pieces for Mercs. Maybe a little bit of a... A, a pep up in the next uh, balance. Have either of you found any models that you mm. think could do with a, a, a little bit of a polish in your factions? Um, yeah. Not yet. Not, not even the Digmies? Oh, God, I've just ignored them now. <laughs> there we go. Well, the yeah. troubles with the Digmies... They were. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the bottom line. They were too good before. They've, got a, they've been kicked about with the fucking Nerf um, hammer. The, the, the design space baseball bat, please. Oh, can we get off the designs? For, I hate how they PP took that and and owned it and <laughs> and like made it a fucking meme. It's just you know it's covering incompetence with laughter in some cases because I mean some units I I, I don't understand why some units have got the power creep and some have gone back. Why didn't they just try and? Level the field. I mean, deliverers. Are st- I think that's what they've done. I think are that's what you sure? Done. I think that's what they C- tried to do. No, that's exactly what they tried to do. What, what yeah. you just said is exactly what they tried to do. Really? Some units are still unplayable. Yeah. Even their UA that they brought out to try and make them playable just makes them meh. You know, <laughs> deliverers. I'm using that as the main example. They are completely pant. Are they but, really cheap again? Are they going to be really cheap though? I don't think so. Because Mark One, they were crap, but they were really, really cheap. Mm. I, I would say that from my experience in Mercs from so far, there is there's very little I would classify as completely unplayable trash. Um, certainly with the the frontline units, and I don't think that's something you could really say in Mark II. The, there was stuff like um, oh Sam Mackhorn of the Devil Dogs, yeah, that yeah. just never saw the table because they weren't very good they lost all their stacked up abilities that they had in mark one yeah whereas now instead of you know having to run in net a warjack knock it down and then they get the trash die when it's knocked down now it's just you get an additional die of damage against constructs end oh. of the one thing that i don't understand is mass healing rules uh, especially with a lot of single wound infantry we were discussing this how gibbs that's coming out the new lately solo why is that so good when most things are single wound infantry in it's so corner case that that heal will make a massive difference in there, the is, game. There, there is one model for whom that um uh, for whom gibbs really works um and that is uh, uh striker two alexia no striker uh, two because it means that he can do a two-die run into a Colossal, mm. knock it down, take you know, 10 points of damage, and then Gibbs just comes up and goes, you're on full health. And so, imme- immediately that huge threat to him just mm. goes away. But, okay, I can understand. So that's for one 
I mean, you can use that for many casters and examples if they're going to have to take some free strikes or something like that to get to a target or, you know, on a feet turn or whatever. But the idea, for instance, Bastions of sharing the health damage around, it, eight boxes was a bit much, but five boxes, you're generally taking off a model each time, so they're never going to get that heal from the Bastion Seneschal, for instance. You know, I don't find that with the five... five um wound troll units, I still find they survive. They take yeah. two, three, four damage and they're still there. Mm. Um, I, I, I've got to say, mostly what I saw with the Bastions was I'd hit something and it would do three, maybe four points of damage. You have to really wail into them. You want them dead most of the time, generally, because they are, but they're an expensive roadblock now. They're, you're definitely hitting them and they're only 16 arm. Um, you're generally using effects that will... See, you say they're only 16 arm, but I used to play the demo core. Right. And they were armor 16. They were lower def than Bastions. Eight boxes, I, though. I'm talking about Mark II here. Yeah, didn't they have eight boxes, the demo core? Yeah, they had the same number of boxes as yeah. Yeah. Bastions. And people were still struggling a lot of the time to get more than two or three points of damage at a time on them. Hmm. Um, I, I can appreciate, yes, this is Mark III. It's an all-new war. Yada, 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 so on and so forth. But... I can't accept, and I've heard, I've heard this from multiple times, I, I can't accept on the face of it you know, the whole uh, Bastions are unplayable trash stuff. I, I'm not saying that. Not saying that. Maybe not from you, but I'm just saying that that's what I've heard multiple times. I'd rather take Cinerators this day and age for the Vengeance now, which... I'm really... sorry, I'll, I want that printed out on the wall. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I will. They've, got, they've got a range two sword now. They've got one extra arm. They don't. Ooh, range two. Yeah, yeah. They've got they got range two, so they have reach essentially. That's that that's a big one for Cinerators. Yeah, I know. And speed four essentially becomes speed seven if they take any damage, you know. And so you can get them up the board slightly quicker. And you still want to take them in armies with Crusaders, cool and stuff like that, but. But yeah. this, is, this is part of what they said was the design philosophy between um, a, a lot of the factions as regards their medium-based infantry, of, of which Mercs have basically none. Mm. Other than the, um, the All green. Yeah. Um, but no, they said in, in, in cases of factions where they have multiple medium-based infantry, so you can look at things like uh, the Skinwalkers and the Tharn, you've obviously got the the warders and the champions, you've got yeah. the, the bastions, the incinerators, where they're trying to differentiate out the different roles among them. Now, you have, for instance, um, in Menoth, you've got the incinerators who are clearly meant to be the more offensive one of the two. Mm. And at the same point, you've got bastions who are meant to be the more defensive because if you need something to stay alive and be a roadblock, it's far easier to actually say, you know what, this model needs to stay here between me and you, so I've got a chance of staying in this game and making you waste your resources. Mm. Which, I, which is I, something I, you just can't do with the Cinerators. Yeah, the Cinerators, um, I don't understand when Storm Knights, for instance, became a... You know, storm became a noun basically you know they can affect the storm clads now can any storm variants to get that nice accumulator thing going and basically make a jack self-sufficient yeah. why didn't bastions just become bastions 
why so that for instance the seneschal could heal them get rid of that sanguine bomb thing which is a bit pointless now because they're generally going they do generally enough damage now to kill a bastion if they're going into it i'm not sure we what you're saying with that one well sorry uh the bastion seneschal only heals bastions yeah not bastion incinerators yeah why not make that like they did the Storm Knights, which now every Storm thing can affect a Storm Clad? Because, um, okay, I think I, can see, I, I think I think I can see the design philosophy behind this one. I, I, yeah. I may be reading too much into it, but bear with me. With the Storm Noun, you're actually still looking at only affecting one model. Mm-hmm. You're getting that effect from multiple things, but it's still only one model, and it doesn't change that model's purpose. It just gives it a focus which it can it use may- to do the stuff it would do normally with the bastions and the cinerators if you make the cinerators heal suddenly you're giving them a bit of the defensive advantage that you've tried to plant quite firmly onto the bastions themselves and the bastions yeah i i i can see what you're saying but i can see if you're going to make subsects why not make them that one focus that you're saying just does what it does that's one less burden off the warcaster and that focus is a is a, a it's a an extra point towards the spell it's five oh, points of damage mitigation yeah. but you know, regardless of regardless of which unit you have mm. it's not changing the relationship of that warjack and that warcaster with each other they're still doing the same things they always were and then you've got a unit on the side that doesn't really care about either of those things because it's got its own defined purpose over here. It just so happens that it's close enough to give an extra focus out. Whereas with healing incinerators, you are then changing the purpose of that unit. Um, they're supposed to be survivable. That is the whole point of Bastion. But, but they're, the, they're, they're the survivable forward infantry. This is the thing. If you look at all the factions, you've got... Uh, Champions are your, are your offensive, um, you know, heavy trolls, whereas warders are the defensive one. You've got skinwalkers, which are the defensive circle heavy infantry. See, we, but you've we got, got Tharn, see, Benj, we got trolls got hit by this. Trolls got hit by this in during March two. So incinerate. Uh, so um, warders got clarified, if you like, for a better word, before Mark three came out. Mm. So oh, w- um, warders as they originally came out were horrendous. They did, champions didn't exist. You don't need champions anymore because yeah. you've got warders that does the job of order, everyone. Yeah. Whereas now they've taken away the weapon master and they've said, okay, these warders, they're going to be, you know, they're not going to hit us hard, but they're going to stick around for a good long time. Whereas your champions yep. are going to beat you up in the face, smacking with hammers kind of stuff. And they're still pretty hurt. It's still pretty sturdy, but. Yeah. I, I see the Cinerators not as an offensive unit. I still see them both, both subsects of the Bastions. Bastion in itself is a, is a rampart, basically. Is a, uh, and Menoth is more of a defensive reactionary force than it is. Uh, a... but, but they are still trying to give them differently defined roles. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. One of the key design philosophies with Mark III was that no two things should have the same role in a faction. Okay. And I, I actually agree with where they're coming from on that one because it, it was the case in Mark II where you could look at certain units and go, well, yes, I would take this, but this is just a straight-up better version that does the same thing. 
Champions and Waters. Yeah. Why would you ever what? take Champions in Mark 2? But now, why would you ever take Bastions in Mark 3? Because they're more defensive. They still are expensive, slow, and that heal ability is pretty pointless but, now. But if they are defensive, it doesn't really matter that they're slow. They're there blocking lines of sight to things. They're there, you know, sticking around. I mean, mm. you say that, you know, that, that five points isn't enough, but I, I, I'd have to say from what I've seen so far... That you, kind of stuff has more of a chance of hanging around than anything. Did you see them in lists at, at, at the uh, Nationals? I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't exactly look at a lot of the uh, Menoth lists because okay. I'm not a Menoth fan. No, I, I mean, from playing them, I've, I, I, I do like them. I took them in a min unit as a sort of buffer for, for Harvey, but... Well, I, I, I was going to say, isn't taking them in a, a min unit really removing a lot of the benefit of Sanguine Bond? It is, but they're expensive. And you still, you've got Power 11 Weapon Masters at the back, at least, that you can use as a last-line roadblock that can heal with the Seneschal that you've got in there for defensive strike. So, mm, I don't know. I, mean, I think if you are going to take the Bastions, ideally, you'd take the full unit. You would, ideally, but that six points is also Vilmon, which is a shield guard in that list as well. And you can martyr, obviously, as well, the damage. So taking them with Harvey is not a bigger deal in, in a min unit as well. I would try so, and so, take them as a no, maximum So what you're unit. saying is you keep them round and start healing them up so people really have to concentrate on them to take them down. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Benj, and Bastions, you quite correct, aren't as good as they were in Mark 2. But in Mark 2, with Harbinger, they were awful. Miserable. Yeah. They were miserable. They were I, miserable. I, I have actually run out, I, I ran out of Death Clock the last time that I played Harbinger because I could not chew through Bastions fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I had almost an entire army that needed to get around them to get to Harbinger. Because that was all they had left. I couldn't take the scenario because they were just blocking me out. And it was infuriating I to lose imagine. like that. They, they, are a, they were a miserable unit to face. Now, maybe there is some scope for making them a little bit hardier. And, you know, that's fine if Menoth players are all kind of feeling that. But mm, it's, it, it's, it's interesting as to what we will see in this first balance patch that they promised. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 very interested, I, and as we've been discussing before, I hope that it's edited well. I hope there's no weird rules interactions. I hope as designed as intended, but d- doesn't necessarily mean it works. Kind of lingo talk, and and you know, Will Hungford, Hungerford, and Will Shick having let's, their. Let's not name names here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, but those two those two go off on a tangent when they're trying to explain what their def- d- design philosophy is if those two are together <sighs> yeah i mean i, I don't get me wrong i i have enjoyed what privateer have done i think that a lot of what's gone into mark 3 has been a really positive thing but as we discussed earlier and we'll probably keep discussing proofreading 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 <laughs> i mean education 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 you can't even say that I, Mark Mark Three is pretty egregious in what it's done because of uh, flank and gang, which were well, and the charge rules, which yeah. uh, working is intended. Um, Still understand what the I, difference I, is. I, I 
What, what do you mean? What the difference was? The the, the difference. The charge, rules? Uh, the charge rules, as they stood, meant you could never charge a stationary or knockdown mob because you would always fail. Yeah. Because you would uh, reach melee range, stop, but because you weren't engaging them, you have failed your charge. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just a weird interaction. Uh, well, I'm probably just getting this wrong anyway. Can uh, a model without a melee weapon have a melee range? In what regard? I need specifics. Gate crasher. Yeah, uh, his weapons Kane, count as. Uh, Kane has a melee range. Does it? Range. Yes, uh, because Kane has gunfighter, which gives a model a 0.5 inch melee range. Does he have that in? I I can't remember the card. I was just I saw gate crasher and then I saw that he doesn't have a melee weapon and then I just read the rules and I was just like, hmm, does he actually have gunfighter still? Yes. Oh, okay, fine. That's fine. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't notice um, the gunfighters. All, all the, the, the rules for gunfighter, as I was questioned on at least twice at the weekend, have uh, changed yeah. quite significantly. Uh, because now, if you're engaging someone, you've got the half-inch melee range. However, let's say they have a two-inch melee range and are just clipping your base. Previously, you'd have had to walk in to be able to shoot them. Now, if they are engaging you, you can fire back without moving. That's what? weird. How does that work when unyielding means that you have to be in combat with them and not vice versa? If you've only got a half inch and they've only got a two inch, you don't get unyielding. Good point. Uh, what, what do you mean, how does it work? They're different rules, Benj. Yeah, I know, but that's... No, because gunfighter, you would you'd have to be in that 0.5 to use it. it no, that's not what it says. It says that you have a melee range of 0.5 inches, but that you can make shots against anyone engaging you. It was to stop the oh, abuse... It was, it was to uh, stop the abuse people could do by putting two models next to you and then putting a third with reach slightly further away. Right. No, I so that you would never be able to melee that further away model. Yeah. Uh, Whereas now you can just go, oh, I'm just going to shoot you. Hmm. But, it, but it also means that if you're engaged and someone outside of combat isn't engaging you, you still have to target the ones that you're in melee with first. Right. Hmm. There, is, there is a logic to it, um, even if it's one that judges will be explaining until they die. It's, it does seem finicky, but... Well, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's perfectly cromulent. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> There we go. One for the Simpsons fans there. Uh, oh, what it. was the other word? What was the other one that they used? There was Cromulent. Uh, uh, Quijibo. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a tall, balding American ape or something like that. Quijibo. Oh, yes. Yes. That one I remember. Yes. There you go. Um, oh, in Biggin. That was it. It's a perfectly Cromulent word. There yes. There we yes. go. Yeah. <laughs> from back when the simpsons was good yeah i would say that's controversial it just isn't no it's not it's just it's the truth <laughs> oh. I, i've watched modern simpsons it's bad it's very very bad they're still making them yeah it's just full of cameos now like every yeah, episode they are still making the simpsons the cast is slowly dying off around the show <sighs> Oh, I'm, I'm uh, my ability to solder is failing me. Your ability to solder? Yeah, I've stopped painting. I'm soldering. Well, I'm soldering really badly. Is one. What are you soldering? Yeah. He's making his own tiny pinball machine. 
That's funnier than it should be. So you look like an like an extreme giant while he's playing it. Oh god! It actually uses um, was it hundreds and thousands of the balls? <laughs> well, right. What didn't we just get off from nationals? Because weren't we talking about nationals and then it just like went a bit? We were weird. talking about nationals, um, but yes, um, that's what sprouted the whole "there is no meta" um, um, conversation. Right. I still think is valid. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see what the audience think. Um, I'm sure they'll post threads calling us all idiots at some point. Oh, yeah, well, that's how this works. Yeah. As yeah. far as I'm aware. Um, we, we, we turn Welcome up. to the internet. Yeah, we turn up, voice our opinions, and everyone says, no, you're wrong. I'm like, fair enough. Probably I'll. No sort off my back. As long as you care more than us, that's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> they listen enough, they care enough to listen in the first place, then write their diatribes. Uh, well, uh, judging by the last two episodes, there's um, at least a thousand people listening to every episode. And... Jesus Christ. I bet I'll take, I bet someone downloads it at like some, uh, like, uh, bloody torture camp and plays it to, you know, <laughs> Guantanamo Bay style, like, instead, <laughs> not not the death metal. No, no. All right, fine. Let's put a leak card. No, no. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Let's do yeah. a supercut of three hours of Ben Hansen being sad. <laughs> I hate my men off. They're just really shit. No, no more. Make it stop. No, I hate the fact that I invested in two, two and a bit units of of uh, uh, bastions. That's why. I love the models, though. Fuck it, whatever. Yolo. You're only men off once. (laughs) Yolo. Wouldn't that be Yomo? Yomo. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I. Is that a podcast? Oh, <laughs> I'm calling that. Oh, shit, but... It is literally, there is a man in a cell somewhere screaming at the fact that he'll have to listen to another episode again. Uh, yes, I, I, I did once calculate how many hours of this podcast have gone out, and it's frankly an unhealthy amount. <laughs> um, I, I, I think we are now breaking 200 hours. The attorney general. Oh. So... You know, at some point, you have spent around about eight days of your life listening to this podcast, if you've listened to it start to finish. Which means we've spent like two weeks of our lives recording it. Yep. Just think what you could have done with that time back. Well, just think of it this way as well. Um, because of the unique way in which WordPress works, don't ask me, it's not my fault, um, only... Uh, Mike's not really good with technology. Only 42 of the podcasts are available. So if you want to start listening, you have to start listening from episode 30. Oh, okay. And when this one That's comes out, it, when this one comes out, it will, you'll have to start listening from episode 31. Um, they, they are available on our website. There is an archive of them, um, but they're not available through iTunes or the RSS feed. Okay. From what you were saying earlier, it's probably best the first lot aren't really available. It it is definitely for the best. Okay. No one listens to those first at least five episodes because they make me sad inside. (laughs) There's a special place in hell reserved for you if you do. (laughs) There's a special place in hell reserved for the people recording them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I know... That there's the whole thing of oh you get better over time, but sweet Jesus! <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. 
Uh, okay, I will. I will see if I can get that first episode up on YouTube. Because we just want a sample. I think we just want yeah, we just, just five, highlights. Just like five minutes. I, the... I am not editing those highlights. You, you can. No, no, I didn't mean that. Oh, so mm. I see it's like that, is it? Yeah, yeah you've, been, you've been told. Anyway, I have. Um, how, how do we sign out of this show? Well, we remember. did this without well, a break, I, didn't we? Yes. Well, we've, we've quite often done that. We don't. We don't always go for a break anymore, especially when Alex isn't here to tell us we should do uh, splitting it out. Um, Yay! <laughs> I'm not doing spelling it out now. No. This is. There have been several episodes like this that I believe they're called generally called no agenda. There's, there's like, there's, um, this one did not generate. Before Benj came on, I thought we were going to have another. Welcome to uh, to Good Mike's uh, Film Hour. Yes, uh, there are several of those as well. I believe they're the ones. That, at least they're the ones that are regularly titled "Just the Two of Us." Just the um, two. Of us. Oh, I did, sorry for interrupting. Have I? Have we walked in on something? Guys? No, no, it's no, fine. No. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> you're, you're quite welcome, Benj. Um, it's fine, Benj. You're fine. <laughs> Do what you yes. do anyway. Pudding. Sorry. They're the ones that are regularly titled pudding. just the two of us. <laughs> pudding. Uh, pudding. Then we have uh, From the Archives, which is Stuff I Forgot to Edit, which right. sat around for months and months is probably irrelevant, much like the rest pudding. of the podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and then what's, what? uh, what, what's the other regular one we have? I don't know. It's from the archives, just the two of us. Oh, no agenda. That was it. Right. Uh, which is the ones where we basically just start recording and then ramble on until we're pretty much done. Uh, and, and, uh, the, the, the last one of those was episode 52. So it's been almost. Oh, oh it's been over two years since can the we, last one of these. Can we, really? we need to get to triple? Digits. Yes, that'd be fun. But f- but to get to triple digits, we have to end this episode first. All right, uh, Alex, sign us out. What? Hang on, wait. Yeah, where is he? You've been uh, listening uh, to me. You've been listening to me swearing at my soldering iron. You've been you've been elite cadre listening to. No, that's not right. I'm so tired. <laughs> this has been Ben Hansen's agony hour. Oh, uh, can we talk about Overwatch? Can we talk about Overwatch? No, no, no more Overwatch. I love Overwatch. It's amazing. I, I, take... I, would, I would love to play more, but I just don't have the time. I'm so tired. Everybody, uh, everybody buy the new Reinhardt skin. It's amazing. I prefer Stoneheart. No, you're wrong. Good. <laughs> you have been listening to Elite Cards, right? While these two Babylon. Hmm. General watching Hordes gaming podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I've been Kurt. I've been Mike. I've been Benj. Bye. There you go. No Alex, no nothing. No nothing.
You've been listening to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elitecadre. Music provided by Martin DeBont and Symphony of Spectres. And now, in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions, we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface. These are the Easter eggs. I'm not entirely confident I'm using it right now. <laughs> we are the quorum of the 12 worlds. Well, well it's, no, um, I think the phrase is we are quorum means we have enough members in order to proceed, doesn't it? Yes. Can, can we not get carried away with sci-fi after last time? What you... was wrong with last time? Well, I don't know. It led to... Well, you've had your drama. I had my drama this week. Did, did, did. Well. We are recording now, Ben. Just for... oh, oh, no, yeah, but I will address this point anyway. Because okay. I, what I said was kind of like totally misconstrued. Now, you're on a podcast, Ben. It's going to be misconstrued. I, I know. And it, the thing was, the guy misconstrued it as an attack on the community that they're trying to foster there in the Journeyman League. And that's not the case. I mean, that's great if they're doing that. But none of those guys appear to be on the sign-ups for the tournaments. Or, or I, mean, I was going purely on that statement that in the last game there were no players up for the for, for one of the months. They were not on the website whether they held the event or not, which kind of looks a bit weird. And then there, were so f- there weren't that many sign-ups there. I think the turnout was six or so. Now, previously, those events have been pulling in around 10 to 15 players or so. So that's quite a significant drop-off. Um, if they're still fostering a community within the store, that's fantastic. Um, uh, I know that the the group does X-Wing and they do a massive X-Wing event, which is really popular. They do lots of other events as well, like Conquest, the card game for 40k. But it just seems that those War Machine numbers, why, why aren't they getting them into the tournaments? I can understand that it's... Um, Slow grow. But... Do not everyone wants playing tournaments as well, Ben? That, that, oh, no. That's what's yeah. really at the end of the day, especially newer players. Um, you know, some people do just play the game to play the game. Uh, that's fine. I, I know. I, I'm one of those people now because I, I, I'm still stuck in this kind of list build. I had a bad list build choice on Monday. First time playing Durst and just took all the wrong Warjacks and probably the wrong infantry support unit as well. And uh, I can imagine if I'd have taken that to a tournament, I'd have had a bad time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's like, oh, I played into Pirates, by the way, which seemed obnoxious. Uh, uh, hang, yeah. on, hang on, hang on. Pirates or Denny Pirates? Uh, not Denny Pirates, Matt. I didn't oh, play against Matt. Apparently, the, the pirate boat is alive and well. Oh, yeah, for, for Denny. Mm. Um, having that double recycle thing, just... Yeah. I don't know... Um, how Ryan got top best in Cricks, though, didn't he? Um, um, for... Yes, because Matt was second. Yeah. So I wanted to know what Ryan was running. I should have asked him, actually. And I thought he probably might have dropped Signal. 18 Signal players. Ryan Evans. Yeah, Ryan Evans. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, he, he dabbles in Cricks. Yeah. But um, he was mainly Signal for the last Yeah. Yeah. All right, I still think it was Hang Circle on, no, player. No, no. But... Ryan was for very many years Circle. Circle, he was. Yeah, yeah, but I've known him for the longest, probably playing Sigma. You knew him uh, longer um, than I have. How long? 
I met, oh God, I actually met Four for one second War Machine event. Uh, the one that Kurt was going to go to, but didn't. Uh, do you remember, was it Legion of Snake? Oh yeah, the, um, the campaign the weekend. weekend? Yep. My first game there was against Ryan. Um, yeah. Because he brought P Boulder and some Wolds, mm. and I was running P Butcher and Doom Reavers. And it, it, was a, it was a game where not much happened, because he'd got a list that was trying to go... And I throw earth spikes at you, and my list was just there going, You can't target me with spells. <laughs> I know I played him in Cardiff, I think I played in Bristol as well at different times, but Cardiff, I think, was the first time. But um, I can't remember what kind of event it was. I used to get to lots of little stuff in Cardiff. I think the last time I played Ryan was his, uh, his YOLO moment, um, where we were both playing Signar, I was playing P Striker, he was playing E Striker, and he went, You know what? I think I'm in range of E Striker. Oh dear. <laughs> Charges halfway across the board, goes, yeah, right, two dice for additional damage, uh, ten, that'll do. How much damage do I take? Five, that's fine. And then proceeds to have a whiff fest. Oh, no. Cannot hit Striker at all, and just leaves me, sta- after having spent all his focus and his feet, leaves my Striker standing there on ten wounds, um, and he's there next to two Warjacks, striker and half my army um it did not end well i'm sure that did not end very well no yeah. uh friday night somebody's asked to go into a signal gun line so i was thinking of breaking out signal but i don't know i don't really you know everybody's like theorized the sloan build is anyone actually put that on the table and has it worked or can right. you play sloan in a sensible list the sloan nine charges thing just put that but back of your mind doesn't work. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting list, and it's a good skew, and yeah, that fine. It's probably not going to make a, a tournament thing. Mm. Sloan herself, though, he's turning up at tournaments. She's Signar's, I think, fourth caster at the moment. Yeah, so you got Haley one, two... Th- no, you got Kane, Haley two, Haley three. Yeah. And then Sloan, is that kind of it? Yeah. Uh, and I know my friend was talking about Siege being the viable option against Wormwood. Siege, Cassius. Siege is close. Siege is a couple of percentage points behind Sloan, and then Haley wants a couple of percentage points below those, and then it kind of really tails off into whatever. Um, I, I really thought Maddox would be more popular, but apparently not. Maddox is. Like, she's a better Jakes, anyway. So... Uh, well, we saw both. Uh, we saw Jakes and Maddox and Cray in the top three at Nationals. So they're going, wow. this seems a bit weird. I don't know about was, you, but it seems weird. Was Cray jank? Was it just like lots of lights? Or uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, was it Stormwall? Because giving him... That's, uh, that's hilarious if you say Stormwall with Cray. That thing is not supposed to move that fast. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, you haven't seen my Epic Magnus list, which has a load of speed, well, uh, effectively speed seven um, mercenary warjacks, which bottom out at armor 21 if you engage them in melee. Oh, oh, apparently the the best brick out there at the moment is uh, Irisk 2 and all the Iron Fangs and Behemoth. And it's just a small moving brick of no knockdown, uh, tough. Epic Irisk is... Yeah. He's up there for Kador. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. It works, apparently. Some, so. Somebody was talking about a tournament where someone brought that, and it's like the, 
the just it's just a slow moving brick of death that eventually gets there and just pokes you a little bit at the end and then you fall over. Right. But I'm, st- I'm oh. just going to proxy the loo and then when we get back, or when I get back, we can start recording maybe. Uh, yeah. um, so if you want to discuss amongst yourselves topics, I do want to talk a little bit about nationals, but I don't want it to be a main thing. What uh, happened to uh, the long haired lout? Oh, he's on a beach in Scotland. What? Don't ask. All right. I've already, we've seen video already. He's been on. Oh, okay. Why he's been on. You missed it. Oh, that's okay. I can sleep at night. He lives there. I thought he's moving. He is, he but is. I think he's still stay up there. To where mm. I live. Yeah, I know. Oh, right. We're going to have some kind of weird like group. You can come visit us on the train, Benj. I'm, I will do eventually. Dear God, I will eventually. You can come visit me. i got a house. Come visit the house. The flat. Oh. You sound jovial as ever. I'm, t- I'm really tired. I, I hit a wall at 12 o'clock um, in this really humid office today. Just sat there. And then... Right, I don't say that a really humid office like I've never been in my office before but I was just sitting there and it just hit me at 12 o'clock and I was like I could actually fall asleep now and I've been feeling like that since <sighs> yeah you're all like exercise and active and I wish I could do that I'm looking at a group right now on my phone yeah <sighs> I wish I could be I, I wish I could do that I wish I had the knees to actually even attempt to do that I've um I've regained the joy of it and um, um, just sort of tinkering with a route that I did last time and thinking, how do I uh, get a few more miles out of that without any more massive hills? Um, <laughs> it's all right when you're going down them. Whee! Well, you don't burn calories going downhill, going on the flats. You can't do one hills. I know, but you get wind in your short hair. <laughs> Indeed. It was fun. Um, yeah, no, I have been. I've been doing loads. Um, trying to get out a couple of times a week. Um, I got up to 80, did 18 miles on Friday. Mm. Uh, and I want to kind of sit, that's my kind of goal is to sort of get 18, 20 mile routes, um, I think. Um, yeah. How long is that taking you to complete? It took about an hour and a half. Jeez. Are you, wait, are you running now. or are you cycling? Cycling. You are cycling. That's, that's good. Low, low impact. It's not bad. 12, 30 miles an hour cycling is pretty good. No, that's amazing. I'm just saying it's, it's pretty good. I'm not a runner. I can't run. I don't think anyone can I run. I hate running. It's the worst. Uh, people do, but I, my size just doesn't lend itself to running. But cycling is really good. I, I've forgotten how much I enjoy it, and I forgot um, just, yeah. You are a giant. Um, if people saw you running towards them, that would be quite scary. My, um, I've already been pimping my bike and buying bits <laughs> for it and stuff. And <laughs> Are you completely? Are you completely lycra'd up, like as well? No, I have bought shorts, but I wear shorts over them as well, Um, and they are much. It's much better. I didn't understand what what, (laughs) why cycling shorts. So much better, Um, but with shorts with pockets over the top, and no, not lycra'd up. I've got a um, I've got like you know the um, the Gore-Tex stuff, the polyester breathable polyester. I've got a Deadpool. Um, like shirt, which which is like not not with a picture of Deadpool on. It's Deadpool's shirt. Oh no! Over the front of it, as my cycling shirt. I love it. It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> Red and black all over it. It's good. <laughs> oh, the mental images now. Yeah, be good. Um, good. yeah, and quite yeah, just really enjoying it. Um, but I felt like crap this week, so I haven't been out this week yet. Um, hmm. wanted to go. Went to. I was in Dorset at the weekend at my mum's and wanted to go out on the cycle trails, like a nine-mile old railway line that's been to a, into a cycle trail. I wanted to get up and down that, but 
I'd eaten too much food that I shouldn't have done and was tired and lethargic. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And then realized when I got sort of got to Monday that I was going down with something. And that's probably why I felt crap at the weekend. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm hoping tonight isn't too late again. I know I said that last time, but there's only three of us. Although we did end up talking for ages about Babylon 5 last time. So. And Mike's already mentioned Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the with the quorum. He did actually say the, the quorum. Oh, he did say the quorum the, the quorum yeah. twelve, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Well I was gonna watch Blood and Chrome. Actually I haven't seen that. No, no I haven't watched it either. It looks alright. It was like a few web episodes mangled together. Actually, when's where's my I wanna to talk to him about something. So wait, he asked us to talk about topics as well, I've got no idea. Oh, I have uh, literally got no idea. He was just gonna wax intellectual about ET e- not ETC nationals and cool. um, and that's it and that's fine we'll just chip in I did there is um, have you you've, have you got the trolls battle bar yeah uh, no no I've got the legion I've got the legion one uh, uh, there's a eBay site that's now selling like components from the two player <gasps> one so you can get Ragnarok well, oh Ragnarok. cool He's about seven quid, seven ninety nine, with and he comes with all That's the black bad. tokens. Do it now, because like they're going like hotcakes. I'm looking now. So it, I think it's Troll Trader. Bit of advertising there. I think so. Yeah, it's the web store. Ragnar, so we get Ragnar. Ragnar. Yeah, and you get all the black tokens and everything, which is kind of cool. I got Maddox without having to buy more bloody signal jets. Individually. Eventually, yeah, but that's a while away. They said we're getting to that stage where they need to start previewing some interest, some stuff that's interesting. I know they're gonna. You get the first Theme Force book, don't you, Trolls? I'm not sure when they come out. I think that is the case. I really don't know. Have you found it? Okay, isn't it? No. Let's do bus. All right, give me a sec. I'll find it. I was lying down. I am now gonna find it. (sighs) Yeah. If I do this podcast half asleep. Uh, there we go. Okay, troll trader. What are you waffling on about bench? Uh, stuff. Um, I watched Gundam Thunderbolt a couple of weeks back. Yes, I did vaguely hear that was um depressing. That was almost um I don't know. That was almost I don't know which level which which is Tomino's like most Zeta levels of sadness. Oh God. I guess. So yeah. Just kind of go back on what he did with Zeta. So. Mm-hmm. A bloody headphone cable. A bloody headphone cable. So I've kind of got the headphone cable strung all around everything and just, oh god, it's terrible. It's just all manner of terrible. Right, I found the store. Let's have a look. I, go- I used Google to find the store, not the, not the actual one. Have you not found it yet? No, yeah. I found the store. Oh, okay. I'm... I use Google rather than eBay's own search. I'm on the Trolls yeah. Traders thing. I just can't seem to find it. Search for the shop privacy. What are you looking for? Uh, there is a company on eBay that's selling the two-player battle box component parts, so you can pick up Warcasters from them. Uh, okay. So I picked up um, Maddox, and you're just trying to get Kurt. Um, Ragnar? Yeah, if I can find them. Haha, <laughs> gun majors for sale. Hmm. Nobody, nobody's going to buy there. <laughs> They're not terrible. They're just nowhere near as good as they used to be. I'm just completely, utterly useless now. If if they could still snipe out stealth, I mean, they put everything onto a five-point solo. Ridiculous. Listen, my, ma- my Magnus list for the weekend is looking a lot sadder now. I've had to take the Adrian sets. Oh, uh, you not got them? Um, 
Pardon? I just heard two of you talking at once. It's like, what? No, you can go. Is it Ragnar? It's either Ragnar or Ragnar. Oh, I thought it was Ragnar, okay. but I was trying Ragnar. I think it's Ragnar. Ragnar, Sky Splitter, Rune Master, Warlock. Got it. You got it. Sweet. Just put a lot of these. Yeah. Quid plus two quid shipping. So, um, but he comes with all the tokens and the cards, so I think that's, I still think that's good. Before we go any further, has anyone got ideas for a topic? Um, we're kind of in that sort of stage where we were like, you can talk about the tournament for ages, and then we'll call it a night. I'm not going to talk for ages because I was judging not playing. Yeah, but you can talk for ages, so it's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is not just a minute, Benj. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Some, some, sometimes. Don't hesitate. Well, I was just saying at the moment we are kind of in a bit of a weird phase where we haven't had anything really new spoiled yet, especially with the theme books coming out in September. Oh, thank October, you very much November, for that. December. No problem. Really appreciate that. Uh, that's. Four... Thank you. You'll only encourage him. What to be helpful? That's twice on a podcast I've been helpful. <laughs> twice, right? Um, you should have gone with at least twice, Ben. At Come least on, twice. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, no. Um, trolls get the first theme book, don't they? When they come out, supposedly. I uh, believe. Well, they're first alphabetically, aren't they? Yeah. They're first alphabetically. Yes, of course. Uh, no, it's trolls and men off that get the first two. Mm. So. I mean, they have no, to start yeah. spoiling some of the miniatures for that because at least just they to get some to. interest. They said, they, said, they said at the start of all of this they're going to stop doing long-term spoils. They said that, they said that yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah. I think yeah. because... We got they're... so tired of, hey, well, this is what you're going to get next year. I'm, like, oh, I'm bored already waiting. I think this is also a thing that um, they said there's going to be a three-month release window after each book where everything will then be out. Yeah. Yes. That's absolutely going to be the case, and I have full faith in Privateer to deliver on that one. Yep. I can't tell a series. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell a series. That was just a hint of cynicism there. Cool. You might Thank say. Thank you very much. I, I, I still can't get over that. That's still really good. I'm still kind. I, I, ages before I got that figure. Hmm? Oh, Is he God. happy? You've made him happy. It's, oh, well, I'm so glad la, 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 I made him happy. It distracted me from my planning. He's gone a bit robot. Yeah, I thought that was me for a second, but is it him? I can't work out why. Oh, ooh, let's ooh, make sure ooh, nothing else is happening. He's got so happy he's turned into a robot. I can't work out why. Though. Oh, you still like, Wait, do you still like Ron Burgundy at the end of the show? <laughs> I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Supreme Commandant Heroes. Negative as a press ganger. I really hope that whoever does their proofreading for them um, perhaps reconsiders how, how much proofreading they're doing because either they're be giving they're being given so much they're being swamped and not doing it properly, or, or there is inadequate proofreading going on. And yeah, it needs to change quickly because PP have always had a reputation of having fairly good proofreading and rules development and if they're not careful that's going to go away very very quickly yeah i mean do you remember that thread that i started in reddit that i linked you to which wasn't as bad it wasn't a massive whinge i was trying to get some like constructive feedback there was a guy that tagged on at the end on on reddit called clusterfuck and i i looked at some of his previous posts and he's got he's got a massive hard on for hating on like pp and this was one of his posts. It was Polish for Mark III. That's the worst kind of joke. 
what we are, what we, what we have are erratic changes and relaunches of pet models from Mark II that never passed muster. Ham-fisted design, wording changes uh, to rules that were never part of any issues in Mark I or Mark II. A litany of bought changes. Blah 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 blah. While he does have a lot of issues, the quality have of editing he can't actually be knocked on. It has gone down quite considerably. And you're right. If it doesn't, I mean, it's just going to turn into uh, 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 well, at least. Age of Smegmar's rules were, you know, legible. They were just, they were just deaf. Uh, sorry, <laughs> daft, and you know, required a beard to get a plus two or whatever. Uh, well, ah, uh, 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 no. Um, there are reasons behind a lot of that. In that, the ones with the silly rules are the power units. Are we doing a podcast or what? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tack this on at the end anyway. So this, this is all content that will be in there, just in a format. Except the bit I've interrupted you on. Good. Well, no, it'll all be in there because I can't be asked to edit you out. Um, Excellent. The stuff they gave the silly rules to was generally the power units from the previous edition of Warhammer, which meant that if you wanted to play those, the silly rules were on the table. What they've done for the stuff coming out is very much more normal. So if you have the newer units or choose to play your old ones as a counts as for one of the newer units, then you have normal rules. Well, did they try and discourage people from playing old models with stupid rules? No, it was from it was to discourage them from playing certain power units. Right. Cuz I at, at the same sort of power level. How is that going to how is that going to stop your average G, uh, you know, GW Tosspot, who already thinks like and 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 like shouts whenever he rolls dice, and you know, and, uh, and I I would not ascribe those qualities purely to GW players. Oh come on, they are some of them are the worst. Some of them haven't been outdoors in like nine years, and and are you saying to... you haven't met Magic or um, War Machine players who aren't equally as bad? Oh. Wait, 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 wait. I only, I, you can do a percentage breakdown of who's worse, though. <laughs> Literally. I, I, War, don't, War Machine. I don't think that that's a comparison anyone comes, up, uh, uh, comes off favourably. Oh. No, I agree with Mike. I don't think they do either. Oh, I, I think we, we are in a hobby that uh, tends to attract people who maybe don't have the greatest set of social skills, um, and occasionally that shows through. Well, maybe, maybe that should be the topic then. How batshit bonkers are War Machine players in comparison to everybody else? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not no, even no. going there. Just no. Hands up. No. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. That, I mean, some of them are at your competitive tournaments all the time, you know, trailing at the bottom. Uh, and... to, to be honest, Benj, for, for this episode, content-wise, if... I'd have thought about it when we'd started. I would have, right now, a list of moments to put on the podcast so that I could say, here is Elite Cadre, and now follows a list of highlights from the past five years. <laughs> because, as we record this, this is the 7th of September. Uh, tomorrow is the fifth anniversary of the first episode of the podcast. Oh dear God! We what we could have we could have done a filler episode, could we? And it was awful. It was truly monumentally bad. Do you I have a? I have listened to it recently, and I just sat there going, "Oh my God!" Well, wait, wait, well, go on, why? Hey, in what way? Go on. It's 
apart from we were all rubbish. That that is kind of the point. A, a lot of it was just. I mean, I, I I have to listen to what we say now, and some of that is kind of borderline. But some <laughs> of the stuff from five years ago, I'm sat there going, "Why did people sit through this? What what what, what possessed them to keep on listening past episode one? Because yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just I, I can't do it. I think I know why I almost had the breakdown at episode eight. <laughs> it, it wasn't just. Well, you used to do course. quite a lot of excessive editing. You used to have quite an editing job, didn't you? I, I, well, I used to be a lot. I used to be a lot slower at editing. Um, I can edit much faster. So, but there's less. But there's also less to edit, and we're a bit more laid back. And generally speaking, we know what we shouldn't say, and, and we don't leave dead space, and we don't talk over each other as much as we used to either, do we? No, 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 no. That's that. That, that is entirely true. Um, mm, I must listen to these. Actually, I don't know. Can I put myself? I don't think that? you should. I already, I already hate myself a lot as it is. I don't um, want to go complete full self. Believe it or not, I can't remember one of the one of the outtakes. One of them, one of the outtakes in one of the fairly early ones. Oh dear, so twelve-ish. I want to say. Apparently, well, I got played the outtake section, crying with laughter, and it was something that I'd, and it was all kind of stuff. So there was some. I didn't listen to the episode. Just listened to the outtakes at the end, which which I had me crying, and I was listening. I... <laughs> oh God! Dear God! Uh, I did actually at one point start editing the outtakes together for YouTube, um, but I only did the first five episodes worth and could never be bothered to go back because now we're on hmm, episode 72. How, how prolific were you back then in comparison to now? Was it still once a month? Or? Uh, no, it was Fortnite. twice. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, we started off twice, and basically there was a period where... Uh, I moved house and I wasn't getting games of War Machine in and it took a long period off and then we kind of worked out, okay, we can come back, but for time reasons, it's got to be once a month rather than every other week because I, I couldn't keep up with that schedule forever. Um, that was probably during one of the points where I basically quit and then kind of went, oh, okay, I'll come back. I'm sure I'll do it several more times before the podcast but there's some online raging about somebody putting owner of Elite Cadre in their Twitter description. No, that was a private conversation, Curtis. It wasn't. Uh, most of it was private. But anyway. Yours and my conversation was. It wasn't you who did it. I would prefer that we move away from that topic. Because <laughs> I like this. Where's it going? I need I'm, drama. I, I'm being oh, diplomatic. Man. And uh, why? Benj, why? You're not Benj. the UN. You're not the UN. I know I'm not. Benj, if you if, next time we meet in person, I'll be happy to discuss this. Yeah. However, I, I'm not a sort of airing dirty laundry in public kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Hanson. <laughs> Which one? That's a point. Both. <laughs> Neither. All right, fine. It's I, be a I quiet had a podcast. I had Benj, I had a strop on Twitter, is the short version. Oh, okay. Yeah, and. Kurt, when he's in full harumph mode, is um... <laughs> full harumph. Full harumph. Yeah, uh, I would give that the full harumph. <laughs> I, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Either way, either way, I'm I am quite surprised that people listen to us, even our terrible, apparently, opinions. <laughs> this week has proven to me that people listen to us, and well, Mike's jokes are always taken in a bad way. <laughs> No, I want to know. I want to know more about this now. Come on, Ben, you have to tell me. No, 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 no. We won't. We won't. We won't do that. No, no. Oh, oh, oh! I see. Yeah, you see. Now I know what you're referring to. I thought this was something you'd read in the same place you read the other comments. No, no, no. They just. 
Okay, let's, let's move away from that I one. Let's Quality radio, lots of in-references, no explanation, it's amazing. I, I, yeah, I know what we can actually talk about. Um, because we've been here five years. Pathfinder. <laughs> no! Hmm, D&D, actively confusing edition. No, you're doing it wrong. I'm saying the rule, Pathfinder. Okay. Sorry, I was doing a callback to the. Uh, yeah, no, no. Still. Also, okay. no. All right. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could talk about our our musings on the game for the last five years. I've been playing this game for five years. How long have you been playing it for? Since two thousand end of two thousand twelve. Long enough. All right, fine. I'll do. I don't want to talk about when I started playing this game. It's starting to make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but Kurt, you are old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're also fitter than I am, and you're older than I am. So, right, that's thank fine. you. Very, very good of you to say. Okay, yeah. should we? Um, <laughs> should we begin? You know, oh, he's not turning up. Oh, okay. See, Ben, you ruined that because you're supposed to stop him in the middle of the. Can I just stop you there, Mike? Where's Alex? Yeah. Oh, there. Um, I, I heard from Alex. Well, I saw Alex briefly at uh, National Masters. I do not know what's happening. Uh, yeah. What was he doing in Stockport? He lives near there. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. okay. I've got a complete geographical blank on where he actually comes from. So. Uh, Stockport, it's, it's not quite his local. Sure, sure. It's not far away. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. To be fair, we did kind of abandon that general gaming thing. It just went back to being warm shooting hordes. Did, but this one doesn't barely that. There's some good content in there. You just have to find it. You're going to have to sift hard. Oh, no. Uh, well, hang on. I'm doing barely any editing on this one. This, oh. gonna a, this one is going to be a joy to edit. Because what I will do is I will look for the waveform. This, this, <laughs> I, will, I will look for the waveform that means I'm saying hello and welcome to Elite Cadre because sadly after 70 odd episodes I'm get, kind of getting used to seeing that specific cough hello and welcome to Elite Cadre um, wow. and then all I have to do is look for the point that's uh, two hours 40 minutes further on <laughs> admittedly that timestamp doesn't quite work because I'll use truncate silence first to make us sound witty um, oh yeah that's how that pithy. does pithy yes I thought you said pissy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Had you not worked out we were doing that on all our previous episodes? No, I thought it was like... Yeah, that, that, that's how we sound intelligent and funny. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I love the fact that you listen back to one of the episodes and go, and just, oh my I God, it, it sounds so much better. It's like, yeah, that's like two buttons. No, I want to see how stupid I sound. Usually, because I'm like how incoherent and how what stupid statements I've made this week, what I might need to retract, who I might need to apologize to. Um, yeah, I just generally make a little list. Uh, yeah, hello. Out of interest. Yeah. Um, what are you recording? What, am I, what do you mean? What am I recording? On? As in, what? What uh, have you got? Like, uh, is, is, are you on your phone? Are you on a microphone? I'm on a headset at the moment. Uh, uh, okay. That that explains why. Okay. Sorry, right, it's your microphone's too close to your it's, mouth. It's blowing out your s's. Oh, right. It's it's, it's fine. Okay. Uh, mo- most of that will go away with the noise reduction in the edit. Um, yeah. But it's it, it yeah. It's one of those reasons why you may notice I have um, this microphone set up, which is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Okay, the microphone that's from okay. Rock Band. Okay. 
the pop screen on the front is yeah. basically five dollars of the finest mesh money can buy, <laughs> and this this boom arm thing um, is from a cheap Chinese importer that like it likes to sit in about four positions. I mean, if I move it up here, it kind of oh no, it does stay there. Oh, I take it the camera makes it look really professional. You've got that uh, an angle that really sells it. Like you bought all this equipment and like from oh, the sharper uh, image catalog. And, <laughs> well, uh, at, at some point, this is being replaced with a proper boom arm uh, because oh. I'm I'm sick to death of it uh, because you can't really adjust the microphone properly because it's loose when you go that way, um, and this doesn't quite work. And this microphone is being replaced by a snowball eventually. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, mm. the, the the webcam is just a, a cheapy Logitech 720p thing. Um, Mine is my um my one bit of my laptop. Working I'm actually wearing my Lee Cadre shirt as well. Oh, very nice. Lee working... Cadre shirt. Do they I, even I... exist? What? Where yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me, oh. Nick, and Kurt all have a shirt. Oh, I have two. Oh, oh you have two? Okay. Um, I've got two different ones. Yeah. Okay. I am actually in the process of getting some Elite Cadre widgets made. Ooh. Yay! Wow. Uh, I'm going to get one for each of us. And... Hang on, hang on. You've said that before. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I've actually sent off the specs this time. To uh. Uh, I've sent them off to Counterattack, but I haven't replied to them yet. So oh, it, cool. Well, I've got some Counterattack. If either of you know anywhere else, in no. case they don't respond. This is a Canadian company, isn't there, but... Oh, uh, if, you, if that's the one that was on Lost Hemisphere, they've gone under. Oh, are they? All right. Um, or at least um, she's left gaming and, yeah. So, so when, involving that. when you did T-shirts then, was this during a time when you tried to merchandise with, uh, with a little bobbly no, head no. figure? Well, no, we just posted the graphic online and I went on to something like, um, I don't know, what, one of the T-shirt making websites and I put the graphic on and got my own T-shirts printed. No, but I was really hoping for a bobblehead of somebody. Hang on, let's see if I can find... Uh, where's my millie putt? It's in the photos of me on Twitter. No, are we I don't know what I said. Where's my millie putt? Are we still recording? Yes, we are. Live. Uh, we're still live. Okay. Oh, no, not that far back on Facebook. No, no, not that far back. Where, oh. where did that go? God, my, my ex posted pictures of um, my eldest at the first day of school, some uh, quite a long time ago, five years ago, six years ago. And then, um, yeah, some frightening pictures. Mm. Made me feel old. <laughs> you really do mention that a lot. You're not that old. I think having children yeah. suddenly go, uh, time's passing. Yeah, time's always been passing. That's the whole point, mate. You know? So, Benj, if you can get access to the chat oh, on God. here. I'm literally laid down right now. Let's see if I can get up. Oh, you'll be able to see me in my finest elite cadre shirt there. I have become potato, destroyer of worlds. Am I right now? What have I got on the back? I can't remember what's on the back. Oh, yeah, nice. And in Cardiff, I think. Yeah, on the back of mine is at Mr. Chomp, and at the bottom it just says, moving on. I can't remember what's on the back of mine. Let's have a look at what's on the back of mine. I'll turn around and keep talking. Oh, what's on the back of mine? At Kurt Johansson and Troll thing on the back of mine. I can't remember. Uh, hang on, I to keep talking, talk. keep talking, wait, talking, wait, I am talking. That's, uh, that's you've Dave. Kurt, so. You've got Kurt J. Hansen and the image of, uh, looks like a blitzer. Blitzer, yeah, a blitzer on lots of things. So, in, in this photo, you've got Dave Payton looking, like, actually quite happy. Sam, yeah. Sam, and then who's the guy at the back? Mark, I, Mark. 
Now, the, the guy at the back is someone I blocked off Facebook. Rob, Rob, Robert, Rob, Rob. Yes, Rob sounds convincing. Um, but I don't want to go into his full name because I blocked him on Facebook because um, it turns out he's a massive Islamophobe. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I wasn't comfortable seeing those messages every day, so I uh, I blocked him because no, that's yeah. fair dues. Yeah. Um, but no, if you want to see what I want to see, the height of the elite cadre career. Um, there we go. There, there's another one for you, Benj. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, where are we? That's from 2013. Signing autograph as well. Yeah. Oh my lord! You're signing an autograph. Wait, uh, is that in Ireland? Yep, yeah, Ian Alderdice. Um, in Ireland has a signed Mark II rule book uh, from myself and Nick Topham. Wow. Wow. We're not that... I take it we're not that big anymore, though. <laughs> we, uh, we have, we've been stalks around certain events. It's been quite strange. Yes. Um, people, oh, talk, okay. people will bench the weirdest things when people talk to you like they've known you for ages. And, they, yeah. and you've met them, like, for, you've been talking to them half an hour and they talk to you like they've known you forever because they hear you on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm just going to get people staring at me funny, though, because I've probably said something that's offended them somewhere down the line. That too. That's what I'll get. Yeah. Oh, you always do, Benj. It's fine. Oh, God. I can't wait. That's not a new new thing, though, is it? it? I'm just going back through my my history of photos now on Facebook, and it's it's all the wargaming stuff, um, including the smug con where it looked like I was frankly pissed off at the world. Oh, did you see the smug con news, which sounded quite interesting? That uh, was printed by John. He, he advertised it on the website about potential Grimkin faction. Yes, stuff. yes, oh, I did see that. I was going to mention this in the main cast as a point of copic, uh, copic of mate. I can't even speak. Topic of oh, I don't. Well, that, that would have been quite good. What, well done. What is, awesome. a, what is a copic of incomation? I, I, I don't. don't know. Know. I don't. Know. Know. I'm so tired. Um, so when, when did you last sleep, Benj? Some time ago. I was up at four, five, something like that. I'm finding it so hard to wake up so early in the morning because I generally play Overwatch till about one or two in the morning. Um, so we're currently planning some big things with PP, possibly involving New Hordes faction. So if you have any interest in spooky pumpkin-headed monsters, then it will be worth your time joining us. Um, so ticket sales have gone up. Uh, another ten people have purchased tickets because uh, it was at two four two, I believe, last time, and now it's at two five two, and it's capped at four hundred tickets. So hopefully yes. we can get that. I mean, if you look at the number of people, there's about seven hundred and eighty well, people that like the event on Facebook. So. Having, having spoken to John, it is worth um, being involved if you want to go and getting tickets booked because that means that he's money off the hotel which means he can pump it back into the event and make it better for everyone because uh, at the moment i'm going through a very similar thing because um i'm an idiot and have volunteered to be vice chair of a convention not a wargaming one um but yeah we're, we're looking at hotels and going hmm how many rooms do we have to sell uh, we're wait, we're waiting back for our quote from um, oh uh, the the Maidenhead Holiday Inn, um, which will be frankly terrifying because it will be four figures. Uh, wow! Yeah, there goes your bonus. Uh, with well, now we, we've already agreed that uh, we're putting money into the company to get this all set up. So, so I believe this picture was from 
the first ModCon at the Radisson Blue that's on there on the PP website, and just the number of people that are in that room, the atmosphere of that first ModCon at Radisson Blue uh, in London, that was amazing. That was absolutely It was a fantastic event. That was the height of, I think, tournament, con, whatever the hell you want to call it, the, the community. I what think was, it really was. the one was. you fell asleep at, Benj? Yes, the one that that's I... That's when I got pictures of him asleep, yeah. yeah. that's the one I fell asleep at. I posted, I posted pictures online of him asleep, yeah. I, I tell you what, though, sharing that room with Neek till God knows... There were two people playing a game right to the end for, for points, and there was very little left at this stage. I think, I think Martin Jenkins had come through with a skip and cleared it all out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh no! You want Martin Jenkins with a skip? You want to see him at the first, uh, the, the uh, first Smogcon away from Firestorm, uh, the one that took place at the uh, Mandalay in Guildford. Yes, I was there. Um, I was there. That was that was the one where we were doing Iron Arena on a spreadsheet, and I just have that little bit of self-loathing, loathing for myself, and just want to die inside. Um, which actually reminds me, I need to buy the equipment to do this year's Iron Arena. Because we'll be hosting it off a of Raspberry Pi. Um, no, a literal what? A baked Raspberry Pi? No, he's the mic down with his technology, isn't he? No, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. I was just trying to be funny, but it didn't really work. So, it's tiny yes. little computers. Yes, yeah. uh, we'll be hosting. Uh, basically, get a Linux distribution onto the Pi. Um, have it accessible via SSH, which is wow. really all you need, to be honest. What are you running? What's the software that you're running on it, though? Uh, it's um, Okay, if I said it's, it's not, a la- if I said it's a lamp stack, you said that you said that to me before. Okay, not to and get I... too technical, but a, a lamp stack is a combination of technologies. So it stands for Linux, mm-hmm. Apache, which is uh-huh. a web server, yeah, MySQL or MySQL, yeah. which is yep. a database, and Pre- PHP. Database, I, I know, I know three of those four things. Which I know one three? Yeah. The last one. Okay, PHP is basically a, a special way that you can code uh, a set of web pages in order that it's more like a program than a straight HTML page. So, for instance, it could go to a database, it could pick out some numbers for you, and be able to put stuff back as new records or modify old ones, for instance. Oh, yeah. okay. So, SQL, you're just querying a database there. And, Basically, um, what it what it means is that uh, we can use uh, Modplazoid's Iron Arena software, which installs on a LAMP stack, and well, have that run across a number of laptops. Oh, pardon hey, me. Are you not using Doe? I did last year until you got ill and I didn't go. Yeah, uh, no, Doe is not. It's not, not the Iron Arena software, isn't it? No, Doe is tournament software. Um. You've used the web page before, haven't you? To yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting them confused. That is, Pla- that is Plazoid's Iron Arena software. Um, and uh, from what I've seen, there's us and there's Lock and Load, the two major users that are actually getting new features put in there. For instance, the only reason that there is a bulk import is because... I Smog- played a lot. Well, the first year at SmogCon, we had to put every name in by hand, which was awful. Um but now, John can send me the text file with everyone's name in, and I go, upload, and it does it. Wasn't that 2015 as well, didn't we? After enter, we had to register everyone into the system. 
that when was the year came, I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, that was awful. Um, this year there was a problem because um, everyone was from Yorkshire. Well, no, because I was ill, Rich Wald had to take over, and he didn't. Well, uh, he didn't know, and Plazoid didn't know that there's a problem with Windows 8 and. Um, essentially, a, well, it's a it's a WAMP stack on Windows. Uh, Windows 8 does not allow multiple connections to the same web server if it's running it, oh. which meant that you couldn't have two laptops accessing the same database. At the same time? Yeah. Whereas um, you can on Linux, and you can on Windows 10. So, mm. yes. Um, that, Is that why they kept crashing? Yes. Oh. So that was whenever two people tried to edit data at the same time and send it back, it would fail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all those times he came back and forth between the two rooms that was funny yeah we go back uh, whatever which, it is isn't it? which Poor that's much. that's something that uh plazoid figured out quite quickly um if you're actually on the um the pg forums which i am uh under iron arena software hmm. in the uh, pg section you'll actually notice a lot of it is back and forth between myself nick and plazoid oh because it's us going, okay, this doesn't work. This uh, And at Lock and Load this year, we were getting live tech support from Plazoid in the US, or is it Canada? I can never quite remember. Um, because, oh, it's the US. Um, because we'd fundamentally fucked the database on day one. Oh, well done. Um, first day of Lock and Load, I had to have the first two hours just people being turned away and told, nope. We can't enter anything yet. Come back when we're ready because I'd installed the system, but because I hadn't tried to enter a test game, I didn't realize that it wouldn't take any input. Ooh. And I basically had to strip the whole thing off the laptop all back on again to get it working. Wow. Um, but that was fun. Yes. Yes, it was. I was not a pleasant person to talk to for the first two hours of lock and load. Um, I may have said some very unpleasant things to various PGs who came up and talked to me. Um, oh, I wish they'd been there. For this, I can only apologise. Um, but you know, you know what uh, tech people get like when you try to talk to them when they're trying to concentrate on something. I do. Yeah, it, it's the same response Nick got when he tried to talk to me during a butcher feet turn once. <laughs> he was trying to be nice, and I felt so sorry. Well, did he throw butcher at him? I, I may have been a little offensive. Oh dear. Yeah. That's not like you. <laughs> Most of the time, I, I, I try to maintain this sort of serene, calm outside, which is mostly what I feel on the inside. But when I get stressed, which is, which is normally when I'm trying to do something and trying to concentrate on something, if someone tries to break my concentration, I get pissy. Yeah. Right, on that note, I think I'm going to bed because I well, am it, going It's midnight. So yeah. uh, thank you to Matt, who did listen for a while. Um, Posted on Twitter as well. Yes. So, um, I missed that. Yeah. We'll see you all again soon. Ta ta. Uh